Welcome to the Tome, a D&D news, reviews, and interview show, and I'm your Tome editor, Sam Dillon. And today we are bringing you Season 2 of the World Tree Burns podcast, the official actual play 5th edition D&D podcast that takes place in the Cobalt Press setting Midgard. We hope you enjoy this season, and without further ado, let's see what Dan Dillon has in store for his players. Look, mate, three generations ago, my ancestors forged the Great Blade Skullsplitter. With it... They won the Goblin Wars, the Hobgoblin Wars, the Orc Wars, the Demon Wars, the Elf Wars, and the Gelatinous Cube Wars. That one doesn't even make sense because they don't have skulls. Now, all these years later, the legend of the Great Skull Splitter grows. Offering dice to help you create your own legends, Skull Splitter Dice makes the highest quality dice beautiful dice of both plastic and metal. Want to roll bones that look like bones? or just something with enough heft to split the skulls of your enemies, Skull Splitter Dice has that and more. Check them out now at SkullSplitterDice.com slash Tomeshow and use the coupon code Tomeshow with all little letters and get 15% off. Now get out there, split some skulls, and build some legends. Hello everybody and welcome back to Encounter Roleplay. My name is Will, I'm a D&D sex icon and I'm back today for another episode of The World's Tree Burns and boy is it hotting up today. So uh, let's go around and cast some Karunas, remind ourselves of who we are and who we're playing because it's been like, I don't know, two or three weeks since we last played. It's been so long without these wonderful people in my life. But we're back today. We have uh, illustrious Dungeon Master Dan Dillon. Dan, how's it going tonight, my friend? Howdy everyone. Uh, I am doing very well. Thank you for asking and thank you for having me once again here on your channel. Uh, so I am Dan Dillon. I will be your dungeon master for this evening in the world of Midgard, uh, dark fantasy Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition in uh, the home campaign setting of Cobalt Press. Fantastic. And I can't wait to get to it. Uh, we have Simply Jackson back with us tonight. Simply, how's it going? I'm great. I am in post holidays depression at the moment. So. <laughs> You know how people get like yeah. post pod depression. I'm in that like, oh, it's work again. This is great. Yep. So I'm super excited the show's back because it's like a little reprieve right in the middle of my week. So I'm super happy. Also, I would like to say uh, if we can put some F's in the chats or some condolences, I have some grave news. Uh, McLuckin has lost his beard. He put it somewhere and Rip. it's completely gone. And now Rip. we don't know. Rip beard. <laughs> <laughs> but I've accepted that. And I played Tilly. two days ago. Wanted. <laughs> <laughs> it had no company walking by itself down the street and then was missing. Plot thickens. What's happening? It, it went to go <laughs> get a pack of cigarettes and it never came back. <laughs> I love it. Oof. Too real. <laughs> Far too real. Uh, well, um, speaking of random issues, McLogan, how's it going today? Uh, I mean, I, uh, I've been struggling for the past few days. Uh, I've been crying in the corner. Meta's been trying to console me, and I was just like, I don't know where it went, man. And then uh, she would pat me on the back and say, there, there, and then look at me disappointedly because I'm crying over a beard. Um, hello, everyone. Hi, I'm McLoken. Uh, you might not recognize me anymore because I, yes, did trim my beard very short. Uh, so I did that. 
But yeah, uh, uh, today I'm playing the fantastic Gnome Ranger Cloak. Yay, bringing him back. And then uh, I I literally don't remember where we left off, so this is going to be a great surprise for me. Bloody. Well, it's going to be interesting because I was going to have you recap us. (laughs) (laughs) Get ready for it. Well, Cloak, uh, he got uh, magical armor and a magical uh, plus three uh, Holy Avenger. I don't know how he got it, but just end up in his hands and he's like, oh. all right then. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you say. Uh, amazing. Well, we have Mukluken with us, but that's we've already introduced him. I just love him so much. He needs to be introduced twice because he doesn't have a beard. Uh, he's <laughs> Thomas Cole. How's it going today, my friend? Oh man, doing good. You just what you did is you know you just confused us because without the beard, we win. <laughs> and uh, no, I don't well, I'm back. I'm excited to be here uh, after all of the uh, little bit of time off with the holidays. I had fun. Uh, I decorated my Christmas tree. I did all my things. And uh, yeah, back ready to get back in this um, after uh, bloodiness uh, that occurred. I am playing Glass. He is a geomancer. He is a trollkin. And uh, he... Uh, is not the most subtle of people in the world, but is always, always right there with all of the knowledge to lay down, lay down this beat of knowledge because that's who he is. He's cool like that. Fantastic. Uh, and I, myself, will be playing Ryudan, the Dampier once again, cleric, uh, and he's got so many tentacles now. You would barely or is believe. He? Well, yes, um, he's had a, a little change of heart, let's say, uh, from the past couple of, well, past season, I guess, now, and uh, he's all about avenging. He's uh, in a bit more revengeful mood, I would say, today, so I'm uh, really excited for that. Can't wait to get into it. Let's not waste any more time. Let's quickly read out the sponsors, the first which is, of course, Cobalt Press. Uh, go over to their website, coboltpress.com. Check out the Midgard books, PDFs, materials. Uh, check out their awesome interactive world map. I'm sure we'll link that here in a second as well so you guys can zoom around Zobek and Environs uh, of Midgard and check it out. Some awesome stuff. If you want to play in Midgard, you can go do so on their website over there. Uh, and, of course, our regular sponsors include FancyGrounds.com, our virtual tabletop of choice. Go and check those guys out. The demo version is free, and you should definitely go and download that via Steam or via their website. Uh, WaylandGames.co.uk is a go-to destination for tabletop board games, war games, and more, up to 20% off the retail value. And last but not least, TabletopLoot.com is a go-to place to get all of your dice needs. And when we hit 20 retweets on that tweet, we're going to give you guys uh, a set of tabletop loot dice. That's the new thing this season. So go ahead, retweet it, get some free dice. It's awesome. And of course... Donate to a feather game anytime by giving players their ones, their twenties, wild magic surges, and worse. But without any further ado, I'll hand over to McLoken to give us a detailed recap of what happened last time on the show. <laughs> well, uh, basically, uh, Cloak um, stands on top of a uh, pillared rock, uh, holding his sword in the air cl- and wind blowing his cloak as uh, Glaz is grabbing his leg and looking at him lovingly uh, as he has saved the world from uh, everything, and Midgard is peaceful and happy, and there's unicorns and fairies and rainbows. The end. And now it's just regular fantasy. All the dark is gone. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so where we actually left off last time we uh, we convened, 
mind was in the cartways, the tunnels, a series of tunnels, sub-basements, catacombs, uh, smugglers' tracks, and believe it or not, some abandoned and some working mine shafts beneath the free city of Zobek. We were in a, uh, a strange chamber beneath an old abandoned tannery in the Ashmill district of, uh, of Zobek. And uh, you find yourselves... In the dark, in this uh, fitful glow, this blue radiance from the Heart of Flame lantern that Glazishin carries, uh, it is this moat of pure elemental fire that uh, sends this sapphire light throughout this brick, essentially, basement. And the air in here is just thick with the stench of blood. It's iron and copper and uh, the smell of old clotted blood that's begun to rot. It's filled your nostrils. It's in the back of your throat and crawling across your tongue. And you are, all of you, covered in thick spatters of blood. Uh, There are four stout columns holding up the ceiling down here and the remains of several humanoid bodies as well as just massive explosions of half-clotted blood litter the entire place around you. You came down here following your investigatory leads into the disappearance of one of Riodan's faithful, one of the worshippers of Morena the Red. Uh, and this was his last known whereabouts where he had met with, uh, he was supposedly going to meet with a contact of his, uh, that contact you found dead, uh, a few days prior, uh, who then later rose as a vampire after you were done interrogating her corpse magically. Uh, and so that's where you find yourselves now. There is a spray of ash near the front of the chamber that used to be a mummified monk of Morena, a, a sacred relic. Uh, of the Red Goddess. Um, It was actually a former worshiper who, in their devotion uh, at the end of their life or when they'd their usefulness had run dry to the uh, to the priests, the, the priestesses that they served, they came down here and basically took poison and strange concoctions to turn themselves into a mummy. Uh, that holy relic was obliterated by your Ravenfolk cleric, uh, who is currently grievously wounded. Um, she is holding a, a ragged wound on the side of her, uh, her ribs that was torn open by one of these strange blood-pouring zombies. And she is uh, she's breathing uh, sharply, and you can hear agony kind of whistling through her beak with every intake of breath. And um, Glazishin, you noticed a strange phenomenon the last time she was grievously wounded. Uh, if you recall, the edges of her wounds seemed almost to evaporate into this wispy, silvery, white, ephemeral smoke. And you're seeing that now again. And actually, uh, the the colors of Rowan seem washed out. Uh, the black of her feathers is not lustrous. It's uh, almost gone to gray. And the colors on her beads and various totemic decorations that she adorns herself with, uh, they're, they're all just very desaturated. Uh, and she is trembling a little bit. She does not look like she's doing well at all. Glaz uh, looks around to uh, to Riodan. Uh, Riodan, uh, are you able to to assist here? Uh, she is hurt. She's hurt very badly. I uh, yeah. Riodan spits out some blood and uh, strides over towards um, the fallen Raven folk. 
I could give this a try, I suppose. I'm not sure how this all works. Kind of new to me. So, Riordan, you're um, you're feeling very strange at the moment. You um, you're still kind of riding the wave of that surge of power that flowed through you as you destroyed one of the blood elementals that had swept you up into its uh, swirling being, crushing and suffocating you, trying to suck the blood out of your body. Um, and uh, you're the the lash, the sanguine lash is in your hand, and those liquid blood barbed lashes uh, that that coil out from the handle almost seem to be um, writhing of their own accord, and it's like they're uh, almost anticipating your movements. Um, it's so it doesn't encumber you or tangle your steps or drag and catch anything, and. Uh, you're you're trembling a little bit, and it's from a mixture of clearly adrenaline and uh, just this this closeness that you've had with something greater than yourself, uh, and then of course just the um, uh, just the chaotic welter of emotions uh, that you're kind of trying to come to grips with. You stretch your gauntleted hand out and you lay it on on Rowan's shoulder, and she winces in pain, and uh, you can lay on hands. All right. Um, depending on how much she needed, she needed uh, in terms of healing, Riordan would try and do that to the max. Because uh, I think because he doesn't really have any control over it uh, at this point, it's just like raw energy flowing from him. Got it. Okay. So uh, you're, um, your eyes kind of half close, and the rest of you watch as, uh, as he lays his hand on Rowan's shoulder, and you can see her blood that had been pouring out of her wounds and starting to evaporate in droplets as it hit the floor, hit the stones and just sort of boiled away to nothing with that strange silvery smoke. Uh, it begins to pour back up her clothes and pull into her wounds. And you watch as the wounds begin sealing themselves. And as this process takes place, she noticeably uh, lets out a sigh of relief uh, her breathing stabilizes, and she just seems more herself. It's like in between the space of blinks, her color is back. Um, there's none of that strange, uh, dissolved-looking edge to her wounds, which are all nearly gone, I believe. I think you can uh, do 25 hit points worth of healing, and I'm pretty sure she's going to need all of that, probably plus a little. But uh, she was pretty tore up. Um, yeah. So she is much, much better and uh, she nods her thanks at you uh, and kind of struggles up to her feet from where she was kneeling uh, amidst the slaughtered wreckage that was this blood zombie. Quick question, Dan. Um, it was sure. pretty dramatic, as you described it last episode, of uh, Rio Dan <clears throat> sort of getting infused with this energy. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it... I mean, he was kind of physically looked like a meth addict before. Um, I mean, is this... Physically, man. I mean, does he look like he's just had a good meal, or is he like Captain America out of like the super soldier chamber? Um, I've <laughs> suddenly got muscles everywhere. So, uh, well, I mean, relative he, to where he was, because I mean, he had been on a bender for months. And I months would and say, did... relative to where he was, it's like Steve Rogers coming out of the Vita chamber. Yeah. Um, okay. His uh, his complexion is less sallow looking. Um, he still looks tired. He still has, you know, maybe some dark circles uh, smudged beneath his eyes, but they're less pronounced, um, and he's just carrying himself better than he was before, uh, whereas before it was almost like uh, just this sloppy negligence, um, just wasted effort with every step. Uh, now his movements seem just unconsciously a little bit more efficient, 
Um, he just seems much more put together. Uh, although Rioden, I will say that that feeling is starting to ebb and uh, mm. kind of uh, tiredness and exertion are beginning to, to settle in. Glaz would sort of look at Riodan and uh, sort of look down at, I mean, this chamber's just horrible. Um, oh, this, is, this is a horror show yeah. down here, yeah. And I think Glaz might sort of look up and kind of smile a little bit, seeing kind of the friend he knew returned and be, well, I cannot uh, disagree with the the outcome. However, I'm not sure if uh, Morena is the most um, hygienic of deities, <laughs> my friend, but you're looking She's much better. But that's this time, Tilly's going to trudge over, like, drenched in blood. Oh, yeah. You know? Tilly's <sighs> hair and beard braids are matted. Oh, yeah. Her armor is just awash in rivulets of blood. Yeah. She kind of, like, taps onto the arm of Rian and, like, <laughs> you look all right. I don't know what, all right. Oh, and then she'll reach over and try to lift up Rowan a little bit as she's trying to get up. Yeah, Rowan will uh, gratefully kind of lean on you a little bit and accept your help uh, kind of getting to her feet. And while she is um, much, much better uh, since the ministration that Rioden just gave her, uh, she's still pretty injured and she seems drained and exhausted. Um, <clears throat> so uh, as a quick recap, there were those two massive elementals composed entirely of blood. Um, and that accounts for most of the abattoir horridness down here. Uh, however, there were also some humanoid corpses, uh, I believe most of which stood up as, uh, as shambling zombies that were trying to suck the blood from your bodies. Um, <clears throat> those corpses just sort of fall broken where they lay. Yes. You say I'll, I'll defer to Cloak. I'll defer to McLoken because I bet I know what Cloak is doing. <laughs> I'm going through their pockets currently. Uh, <laughs> all right. Cool. Rodan, okay, Rodan looks out there, you know, oh, that's such a surprise. And then he's like digging and like looking for like money and what items they had on him. <laughs> or and okay, drugs. Yeah, I, so I can hold over Reardon. <laughs> If so, I um, prestidigitation, can I give him advantage on his investigation to sort of help clean things up so it's not just everything's covered in blood? Uh, yeah, sure. So yeah, I'll start uh, I, I will to say actually with uh, with the assistance of um, Glaz and using prestidigitation to kind of sweep the blood away, maybe back into those troughs at the side of the room. Uh, you don't even need to make a check. Uh, you'll be able okay. to uh, to search them pretty thoroughly without any any sort of ability check. Um, so the corpses themselves seem mostly devoid of anything interesting. Um, a couple of exceptions you do find in the the sort of belt pouches of the female corpse uh, that was turned almost immediately by uh, by Rowan's devotion and just sort of cowered in the corner until it was butchered. Um, you find uh, 30 gold pieces in her pouch. Ooh. Uh, and you do find up against the back wall in the corner a what looks like a backpack or a satchel. Uh, I'm going through that as they're all talking amongst themselves. Okay. So as you uh, you head over and you know Glaz is helping clear the blood away for you and all that. Uh, so you grab a hold of this leather leather sack and you pull it over and um, you can hear the clinking of glass 
from uh, from inside the inside the bag. You pull it open, and uh, and inside there are uh, in the main pouch you see uh, a large ceramic jug with uh, kind of a big stopper in the top. Uh, and you can see what looks like silver inlaid symbols just kind of peeking up around the edge. Um, mm-hmm. As well as you see a, a few glass vials down in there sort of shifting around and clattering. Okay, yeah, I would take them all out and like put them okay. up and like analyze them. Okay, uh, so the first one that you pull out is probably the largest. It's that, it's that ceramic jug. It's just sort of mm-hmm. um, this nondescript brown, uh, like, a, like kind of an earthy glazed color. Um, it has uh, a handle on one side and a uh, tight-fitting stopper in the top. And around the sides of the vessel are some manner of twisting arcane symbols. And each of them wow. is inlaid in some sort of metal. You see silver, you see copper, you see iron, you see gold, and you see uh, strange alloys of each. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm very paranoid this is holding a demon. <laughs> So he's like, Laz, can you read this? I'm going to look at the other ones here. I don't uh, want to open it. Okay. Uh, let me see what this is. Uh, um, I look at the uh, symbols and runes. Can I uh, see if I can read them or uh, figure it out? I figure Glass probably doesn't want to set up and down here to do like a identify sure. ritual, but just a, a general idea of whether this is harmful or helpful or whatever. Sure. Uh, so your Benny and Scholar um, specialty is runes and symbols, right? Runes and symbols. Yes, it is. Uh, so I will say that you recognize at least the gist of them. They are alchemical symbols. And you notice that several of them correspond to the alloys that are inlaid into them. Oh, this is, uh, this is used in alchemy. And um, oh, your transmutation and all of the fun things like that. This is, well, of course, uh, we sh- uh, that would make sense. This might very well have been our good friends. God, it's been a while. <laughs> Who are we looking for? Phelan. It's probably Phelan. our good friend Phelan. Um, yes. uh, well, he probably doesn't have need of it anymore looking over at the remains of Phelan that we have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, then, and then then I, um, like, as he's saying that, I'm, like, pulling out vials and going, I'm like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm taking this, so. Are they <laughs> empty vials or full vials? Uh, they are full vials. Um, so inside the satchel, kind of digging around in there, cloak, you find three vials of antitoxin. Okay. Uh, you also find two flasks of alchemist fire. Okay. You find two vials that have um, labels in what looks like some kind of shorthand. So you're not really sure what they are. Uh, the liquid in one of them appears to be just kind of like a um, slightly too thick and syrupy water. So definitely not water, but it's clear. Uh, And the other vial has a distinctly unpleasant greenish tinge to it. Greenish tinge vial. Okay. Uh, So I'm going to have to go talk to uh... I forget his name every time Write it down last time. Uh, painted Man. Painted Man. All right. Eventually, I'll have to go talk to the Painted Man, but I'm like, yeah, I have no idea what these do. 
Sure. So uh, checking out the so this uh, this satchel has a bunch of uh, like side pockets on it. It looks like um, I mean this was most certainly Phelan's, uh, and you can see that on the strap there are kind of tooled into the leather a few similar symbols to the ones that were on the jug, and you kind of recognize them now as similar to the things you saw in his notes in his laboratory. So uh, very likely this was Phelan's stuff. Uh, in one of the side oh. pockets, you find several uh, familiar vials that contain potions. You find two potions of uh, healing, common variety, and two potions of greater healing. Two potions of healing. Two potions. Could do with those for the next time, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm going to help Rowan get up as well with, uh, yep. you know, one arm. Me and Tilly, two of us can... Uh, Sure. Yeah, Tilly's still friend. pretty injured too, but she's not going to be showing it. She'll still be acting tough about it. <laughs> yeah, how hurt is Tilly, by the way? Mm, she's, she's got some cuts and bruises. She's not, you know, she's not down on her Still above half? Quite... Yeah. Is she still above half? Barely? Very, very, yeah. All right. All right. Close. <laughs> then I'd say, you're, yeah, your description is spot on. You're very winded. You're bruised and battered to hell. Um, you probably have a bunch of, like, um, scabs and split lip and nosebleed from where that thing was trying to pull your blood out through your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and, uh, and other, other fun like places. I kind of imagine it, though, because she's so filthy with the blood, though. It's just hard to tell, like, what is actually yeah. her problem and what was, right. like, their problem. <laughs> there is almost no like, way like, post-Dragon yeah. Age fight right now. Everyone's precisely, precisely, yeah. yeah. Yep. This is Dragon Age uh, Origins, and you just fought a bunch of stuff. I think. I think what I'm going to do for the meantime, uh, I walk up to Tilly as I am uh, uh, putting the bag and like adjusting it for my height, um, mm-hmm. and taking the bag uh, and kind of uh, putting it like under my cloak a little bit. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, and walking up and like putting a hand on her, and then uh, casting cure wounds. He's like, "Okay, this should feel better now." Uh, and then uh, you'll get two hit points back. God damn it! <laughs> I am the worst healer. So they kind of giggles like it tickles. Oh. <laughs> Cloak mutters something, and when he touches you, his hand has this faint greenish glow to it, and it's, uh, his touch is very warm, and this kind of tingling sensation runs through your body, and it does ease some of your, um, some of your like pain and stiffness, uh, and you can feel kind of the muscle in your shield arm relax. It was feeling pretty locked underneath your, uh, underneath your armor from where you were uh, taking just these hammer blows from these creatures. But uh, that at least has loosened up your muscles some, so it's not so tight and, and locked. To, to look at uh, Cloak and be like, I think Sven, did you pillage well? Did you get a good lot off the uh, bodies? Well, uh, I got some money, and then I got some potions, uh, two of which I have no idea what to do. But um, I got some antitoxins, and I got some uh, oh, alchemist fire. So just in case we need to, you know, set stuff on fire, we can start on the ground and be like, yeah, let's get out of here. And then, um, and then some healing potions. But uh, I, I, I imagine I want to hang on to those until an emergency situation. Uh, and then, uh, like, you know, we don't want to use Rowan spells or now Reardon's weird magic that I haven't seen him do before, um, and then, um, yeah, so, you know, just, you know, 
good, good healing potions. Hey, so you failed well. Good. Proud of you. Well, thank you. He, like, just back and he, like, holds out his chest. I feel like with her arm being, like, slightly feeling lighter or better, she's, like, now trying to outlift Riannon with Rowan. Like, hey. <laughs> I've, I've got her. It's fine. It's fine. I don't. I feel like you don't. I feel like I... It's fine. Should, should we make our way no. out, though? Do you think there's anything we need to stick around for? Because it's starting to smell. Oh, no. I want to get I the fuck out of here. Well, should we should we look around to see if there is any other way out of here other than up through the hatch that maybe we are sort of down at the uh, cartway level? Uh, perhaps a secret passage or a, a doorway? Um, I mean, it is kind of messy down here. We might have missed it. Quite. Yes, take a quick look around maybe before we divulge ourselves in this whole situation. Alrighty. Uh, so, yeah, you guys can uh, can check around and giving a giving a more kind of thorough, uh, mindful search of your surroundings toward the back of the chamber uh, where that uh, mummified body lay and uh, where you found the satchel. You find a um, section of the wall that definitely looks like it's newer brickwork, and you can see there's a doorway that's been sealed. Ah, see? The fire code says that you have to have two exits, and they see, I'm sure the tannery knew these things. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if you guys like that. I'm all like strong on here. I say, I say, look. I'll call over me. Cloak because he <laughs> knows how to do sneaky things with like stuff. But if not, I mean, or, or Cloak, do, uh, do you know any of your sneaky ways to get through this door, or is it just a matter of they bricked over a door and I should pull it down? I uh, uh, I think they just bricked over a door. Well, hold on. Uh, can I investigate? Uh, see if yeah, sure. like a trigger. Um, so, uh, ha! 16, straight up. Nice. Okay, uh, it looks like this isn't any sort of triggered secret door or mechanical thing. It looks like they just kind of crudely bricked it up. Oh, no, they just bricked it up. Sorry, you didn't, you know, bash it down. Well, I guess the real question is, do we let sleeping dogs lie here? Since we are kind of banged up, um... Or do we want to start ripping down this wall and maybe get, come back later? It's deserted upstairs. We seal it up. And if we ever need to come down and investigate later, having a boards or a small day, we can come back. I'm just, I kind of look around the party knowing that we all kind of just went through a thing. Hmm. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't know if I can really handle another one of those big blood things again. Uh, right off the, off the bat, I'd like to be able to at least, you know, get a good ale in me in the meantime, because that was quite rough. Well I would not uh, mind to. Uh, uh, so, Cloak, with your 16, I would say that it looks like the brickwork in this doorway is fairly old. It doesn't look recent. Um, so, uh, you'd say several years at least. Uh, this thing's like seven years old. So, uh, or several years old, I should say. So, it's, that one's, this wasn't a recent job. Also, I feel fine. And you guys look at Cloak. He has no scratches on him when he's like, I mean, I, I'm down for opening this up. I'm also feeling fine as well. <laughs> I feel great, actually. I should, come I'm, I'm, going to, I'm okay. I'm just spell-wise, I'm down a little. But, uh... Ooh, you know what I can do? 
Ooh, well, actually, I'm going to ask you, Dan, because I am not yeah. familiar with this attribute. Um, sure. For Tremor Sense, is it like echolocation, or does something have to be moving for me to detect it? Like, would uh, I be able to be in the hallway behind this or something? So you would not... It's not going to let you, like, sonar behind okay. the, the wall. If there's something moving around in a passage that's in contact with the ground or the same surface that you are within range, you'll, you'll, you'll detect them. Okay. Um, the likelihood of something being within 20 feet of us on the other side of this wall is probably pretty slim, so that's not going to... I was thinking I could, like, sort of ping it, you know. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, it's possible... Uh, yeah, it's it's if you want to see if there are, you know, rats or, or whatever moving around over there, that sort of thing. I am, I'm about 50-50 uh, as far as my, uh, my juice goes, so, uh, but I didn't actually take any hits from the blood things down here. Yes, yeah, so, Rowan took the worst of it. I mean, we can, uh, we can thought... always pull back like one or two of the bricks. And then see if we can see what's on the other side. If there's actually a door. Oh, that's a good idea. I mean, I'm. A, I've got. Look, and she looks over at Rian and like, you have you got her? Do you want me to go do it? I'll be fine. If you want to do it, okay. But, well, <laughs> I can't look at that like. Well, it's really up to you. If you would rather, you know, uh, be the strong, silent one and hold Rowan, then uh, that would be fine as well. I. He's like Strong. being far more polite Silent, than never my thing. And she just no, jumps over. <laughs> All right. Okay, just so, trying to so Tilly's, feelings. I just... Tilly's heading over to the wall. Yeah, we should try to at least like okay. tap through. Maybe maybe try to use towards the end of her warhammer to tap a few bricks to break okay. and pull um, them through. So, so you give them a, a, a quick tap. Uh, they are mortared, but it looks like not terribly well or, uh, or, or carefully. So you give it a few decent, uh, decent strength whacks, and you have a, a, one of the stones loose. And uh, as soon as it pops loose, you smell a comparatively fresh, which, you know, still kind of dank, moldy underground tunnel, but it's not like that slaughterhouse thing you got going on in here. Puff of air blows in from a, a dark tunnel beyond. Oh. 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 <laughs> like, it's like a winter field of a tunnel, but a, like a winter field. Oh, oh. Great. Uh, I mean, it's definitely dark. I don't know if anybody has a way to look through with any light. I was going to Revealing. I'm gonna say, uh, you know, your dark vision resolves most of the tunnel through, you know, the little hole that you've knocked in the door. But uh, once you bring the light up, uh, you can see that it looks like a. Um, uh, it's a pretty tight tunnel, um, probably only four, maybe five feet wide, and it runs uh, probably thirty or so feet until it comes to uh, a T junction. Uh, now, through this, do I do I see any figures? In here nope. now? Or... Looks empty. Okay. It, it looks like there's nobody there, but uh, fairly tight quarters, much more cleaner than here, even though it is a tunnel. Um, uh, if we can break a little hole, uh, I can sneak through and then uh, uh, go scout ahead and then see what I see and not engage anything. I, but do we have a way to potentially close it in case uh, something doesn't count or if you need to come back? Well, I'll throw Alchemist Fire at the entrance and then we just run the fuck out of here. Well, how could that we sounds like a great, it? great plan. 
I don't have any uh, bricklaying skills, my friend, but you know, we can work on it with you if you'd like. And just start trying yes. to pull back some of the other bricks for me. In... I'm okay, very good with my. Uh, <clears throat> oh, sorry. That was, <laughs> that was very rude of me. <laughs> oh, God. This change of character. Uh, I love it so much. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, he'd like, I walk up the glass and I was like, I think he's the doppelganger. <laughs> Well, did you, did you see the way he looks? He might just be an entirely different person. Are you sure that it's really real, then? I don't know. We've got to find drugs and then offer it to him. But, but, well, hold on. He might be clean I now. Drugs. You might hooked again. <laughs> you say Riordan has some drugs? What? Yeah, he's yeah, like, Riordan, I found drugs. I don't think that's a good idea. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> We will explore. We, we will figure that out later. Right now, I think it's the question: is do we do we go down the hall or do we go back upstairs? I'm I feel like exploring. Shall we take a bit quick more question, looking? Down uh, quick question, Cloak. Did you grab the entire satchel, uh, or did you pull the vials and stuff out and just? I grab. I have the satchel. Bag? I I adjusted the satchel to my size, okay. uh, and I'm wearing <laughs> it right now. And then yep. I've got the al- no I've got the jug that looks like an alch like alchemist thing. <laughs> I, the alchemical I can't imagine what it is. <laughs> it's my favorite item in all of D and D. Oh, that's good. Uh, okay. Yeah. So as soon as there's like a little little passageway that cloak can climb, uh, crawl through, uh, he would go uh, stealth in and uh, see what he can see. Easily done. Till he can uh, bust and then pry uh, enough stones loose for for cloak to wiggle his way through. So you pop yourself into the into the tunnel. It's dank. It's damp. It's moldy and slimy, but it's not covered in fresh to strangely unnaturally preserved blood. So you make mm-hmm. your way down the corridor to the T, and it looks like it just goes off in two separate directions. Now, uh, you guys have navigated the cartways a fair bit. I would say that you don't uh, recognize this particular area, but given where you access them in Zobek, you have a pretty good idea of what will get you back toward the Soak Scabbard. That would be interesting to see if this place where these blood uh, worshippers were holed up uh, perhaps leads to somewhere else within the city. Seeing where the other end of this is could be quite interesting, whether at the Silk Scabbard or at the Sexy Bookshop or uh, maybe somewhere else entirely. Uh, the fetish, the book fetish. I know the name of this. Well, like Cloak said before, that wall wasn't new, so it's possible these things have been here for quite some time. Well, yes, but... Worth uh, look, I'd say. Or either I one agree. of those institutions, the uh, Silk Scabbard or the book fetish... Uh, fairly old, do we know? Or is there somewhere else in the city that's fairly old comparatively? They do look old. I was going to say real damn. They really much time to learn. I'm old. How long have... I was going to say, well, how long have you been hanging in the city <laughs> with Maria? Oh, scattered, I haven't been right? here. Well, I don't know. I traveled. How long did... How long do you reckon I've been settled here? In... Um, I'd say, I don't know, probably not much more than a year at this point. That's kind of what I was thinking as well. Yeah. Um, so he's like he's comfortable in our in our like district, but he doesn't know. He's not you know as a Zobekian right. by uh, birth. So um, I'm not sure. Maybe oh, you know, 
we could go to the library and take a look in some of those books of yours. I'm sure oh, we to to a <laughs> I'm just saying, you guys must be looking in those places for a reason. I do have information. So what's the, what's the plan? <clears throat> uh, for me, uh, I'm uh, exploring one way about uh, a good five minutes to see... Um, and if I find sure. that it breaks off or goes into like an uh, an opening, I'm just taking a note of it and then backtracking and then going the other way and doing the same thing, uh, seeing if there's okay. any rooms or uh, big openings five minutes out each way and then making my way back. Okay, so you take uh, ten minutes or so doing your little scouting loops, and um, I would say that after taking the right-hand tunnel, um, mm-hmm. you locate a section of other uh, catacombs that you are familiar with, you've been in before. Okay. Was it where we started the game? Um, it's probably... So you guys explored quite a bit uh, leading mm-hmm. up to that point, but yes, it's that sort of similar uh, area, okay. roughly. Um, remember, these tunnels go everywhere under the city, um, and so you know that you're pretty close to uh, you're pretty close to the Silk Scabbard at this point. And since you've actually mm-hmm. stayed there and you've gone into the Cartways entrance where the Shrine to Brenna is, you mm-hmm. are pretty sure that you can navigate to those tunnels to kind of take a back way into the Silk Scabbard if you want from here. Okay, uh, and then the the left uh, way is there anything significant? Uh, the left, there's nothing um, familiar or immediately interesting within a couple of minutes. Uh, skulk uh, from from the uh, the abattoir. <laughs> okay, um, I I'm gonna make my way back and like uh, climb through the hole stealthily and be like, okay, this is what we got. Um. The right way, uh, I'm pretty sure I can figure out how to get to the fuck house uh, from there. Uh, and then the left way, um, I went about five minutes down and like it didn't open up to anything. It just kept being a path. Uh, and I didn't see anything down there. And I came back. So just hmm. parts of the cartways that are not used very often, apparently. Yes. Pretty much. You know, uh, th- there's a lot of tunnels and they lead to a lot of places. You think that if you spend some time exploring more, you could certainly find other places you're familiar with. Um, you, Your familiarity with the cartways is pretty localized to those areas you've kind of messed around in. Like, you know, a few different pathways uh, to navigate your way to the black market, for instance. Uh, you have some familiarity with the tunnels under the gear district because when you were tracking Paula... Uh, out through there, you uh, you explored some of those, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We're in Lower Zobek, correct? The, the, You're in Lower the, Zobek, yeah. yeah. Uh, you also suspect that some of these tunnels might take you under the Cobalt Ghetto, but you also know that those areas of the cartways are likely uh, heavily inhabited by Cobalts, and they are not friendly to outsiders. As we've discovered in the past. I have a crazy idea. Listen. Yes. Um, we have an abandoned tannery up above us here. Um, yes. And we have access to the cartways down here. Um, 
while it has been nice to hang out at the Silk Scabbard all the time, and Lord knows I love thee, do we want to maybe set up shop here? It's what of headquarters? You're going to have to buy it. Well, it's been sitting. It's been sitting just abandoned, boarded up for years. Depends how much it is. I I suppose. I mean, tomorrow we can uh, probably do something about that if we want to do that. Just a thought. I mean, I'm for it. Something to file away if we need. Well, maybe a safe house for us if we need to. If we need to have someplace safe to get away to, might be a good idea. To they always say to invest house. in property. <laughs> what did he so say? Oh, goes, well, I will miss the dancing bear if I stay here, so maybe a general quarters. Is he okay? I don't know. But maybe more than a headquarters, a safe house to keep on our radar. Um, so, Cloak. Did you get far enough to know your way back from the other direction if ever we are having to run from something like those giant orc things out of the cartways that we could maybe find our way back? Pretty defensible spot we have here. Because it's a long, narrow hallway with a long, narrow room. Yeah, do it one by one. I mean, I think we could also probably uh, set up a a device as well as that uh, anything that uh, activates it shoots it. Um... Well, but, maybe I mean, something. That's, to... I mean, but, but I, what it comes down to is that, like, can we afford to buy this property, or will they just give it up to us? Well, I, I've changed my mind. Instead of a headquarters, I'm just thinking having it as a way, someplace we know that probably is uninhabited, that we could run to, as we seem to get in trouble in the cartways quite often. And that to make our way here, and Glad is like seeing this straight line of a long room with a long hallway and thinking about his uh, lay beam that he can shoot and that mm-hmm. he can take out pretty much a lot of folks. If we, if we needed to defend this place between him doing lay disruption and a lay bolt, a lay energy bolt, I mean, we could... Yeah, I mean, if you can trap people in a... If you can trap people in a five-foot line that they can't get out of, then, yeah, you could put quite a lot of hurting on them. <clears throat> I mean, really, uh, at the end of the day, I, you know, I would like to, you know, buy somewhere to live. Well, I yes, mean, but it is have... better than having to save the in-room constantly. But the know? question is, well, I mean, yeah, but the question is also what it comes down to is, um, are we going to be in Zorbeck for... Is it worth to purchase a place like this? Like, are we are we leaving anytime soon? Well, Tilly look at Rowan. I mean, her vision only said to come here and find him. As far as we know for now, maybe and, something and to discuss another day. <laughs> she'll nod and she'll say, um, "But there was, there was purpose behind the vision." I don't know exactly what it is yet, but I feel I must find out. I mean, good for that, but yeah, I say we leave. I, I, you know, property buying decisions until the morning when we've all had at least had a chance to rest and think about it. Very sensible. Well, 
Two cents. Two cents. Some some people after a battle, you know, it's like a good stress or something. All right, did it get hit in the head? That would explain it. Maybe maybe you need rest for you then. You got hit in the blood. (laughs) I didn't take a hit. So I'm truly just forgetting I'm asking the other players. So I know we were trying to like save Phelan while Phelan's dead. Um, what was like? Oh no, next? we were what just trying next? to find out if we could find Phelan. We weren't trying to save him. I wasn't at least. I was just trying well, to find trying out to what find happened it. to him. Yeah. yeah, and then I'd be like, "Well, Phelan's done." <laughs> like, yeah. So is our, I mean, is our next our next thing is actually is Cosina, yeah. Is that our next? Is that kind of where we're headed? Is she yeah, kind of, yeah. I mean, she's kind of the. She's who we have tied to this space and event. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Oh, and I, I will remind you that the Black Shields passed you a tip about uh, people vampires. moving from kingdoms. Oh. Right. What was that? They, I mean, they didn't say vampires. They said they said people from the Blood Kingdom. Had uh, had snuck into Zobek, right? Yeah, we had, and they're probably in the cartways. So we're going to no, have we, to they, go to the cartways. They you actually us. have a, a uh, yeah. Yep. Okay, I'll let you. Uh, yeah, we have an address. We have an address. Um, darn it! We have an address. <laughs> it is down. It's it's by. I think I claim I remember it. This is me trying to remember, and I can't find my notes. It's over by, uh, it's actually over by the Dancing Bear, isn't it? It's near the gullet. Correct. It's, it's in, in the, the docks ward. Yeah. yeah, the docks yeah. district. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, that's the next, uh, but I think we should, uh, honestly, um, do any um, vampire exploration uh, during the daytime, uh, just in case, you know, catch them sleeping or something. Is that, is that you guys sleep during the day, right? I'm <laughs> looking at me, Riddin. <laughs> I mean, it's whenever I'm tired, really. Well, okay. Eight hours. Can't do about it. I'm a different person. Yes, you are. Um, who was your friend Quite. who actually asked us to find Phelan? We probably should at least report back there to the Silk Scabbard and let them know that poor Phelan is... Should we? I kind of looked to Phelan's remains. He Was he like... Corrupted, mummified, zombie, zombie dude. Uh, um, Phelan's remains are actually, I mean, relatively intact. Uh, you know, he uh, he he took some weapon and spell punishment, but he's not, you know, dismembered or anything. And, and it seems like whatever decay uh, he might have suffered was very, very minor. So it looks like he was probably turned into a blood zombie very shortly after he was killed. Um, so I look to Rio then. Are there rites or should uh, Phelan was a worshiper of Marina and while he befell a horrible fate, um, should we should we do something? I don't know what your what your religion asks for, and I don't. But it seems kind of like should, this was the person we were meant to find. That we just leave him here in an abattoir full of blood and gore. Well, to be honest, I, you know, I rather feel like Marina was quite happy with how things worked out in the end. I mean, she did tell me to do all, all those things, and it kind of feels right. 
at the moment. So anyway, I don't want to jinx it by doing any rights or anything like that, you know? So maybe we should just leave him here to die. Well, he's already dead. Leave him here to rot, you know, whatever it is. It is full of blood. I feel good about this, honestly. Very good. About this whole thing. Identifying that you could take back to somebody who asked about him? Could do, I suppose. Uh, yeah, is there but anything identifying on him? On Phelan? Yeah. yeah. Well, we have the back, right? That's Phelan. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, be like, well, uh, there's one or two ways we can go back to the fuck house, or if you guys uh, are going to go somewhere else, uh, we can take the cartways there uh, and not be seen maybe here. Or we can leave here, just out that door. So many decisions. I mean, I, I'm fine with going to cartways. It's fine. You, you want to like, go up? I, I was feel just like thinking you think Oh, sorry, sorry. I was couldn't get blood in my ear. Sorry. <laughs> oh no, it's okay. Oh. I'm fine with either. It would not be a bad idea to know the way here through the cartways. That would be a smart thing for us to do. Okay. Quick little uh, uh, scouting map. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, let's break down that door and uh, get you guys through there. I'll lead the way. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, between, I mean, Tilly makes very short work of uh, that that <laughs> that makeshift wall sealing up the door. It's loud. It's dusty, and it's very very quick. Uh, the stones tumble down to the floor, and you guys can make your way up through the cartways, uh, kind of backtracking along the path that uh, Cloak scouted out for you. Um, quick question. It, can I find, before we leave, can I find chalk? Uh, yes. If you don't have any, you actually, so you start kind of digging around, and you search around in Phelan's pack, and in one of the other side pouches, you find a few pieces of uh, multicolored chalk. Okay, uh, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm uh, on, the, on the way. Uh, I'm going to mark... Um, I don't know what language these people know. Oh, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm just going to, in common, uh, write like a symbol down. Uh, or, or something like that. Or write a C for cloak. And then kind of like do that and then put another C along the way. And then another C, so I can tell people from the fuck house be like, well, if you need to come this way to get away from something, you can come to this abandoned tannery and just follow the seas, and then you'll uh, end up in the path with it. Okay, sure. Yeah, you can mark the path from there to the to the silk scabbard, no problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, now it you know it's just chalk uh, and it's fairly damp down in these tunnels, so you know those marks won't last forever, but they'll last mm-hmm. a while. Long enough for someone to learn it, and if I, if I have to, I can re-establish it. But yep, yep, no problem. Uh, all right, so you guys make your way through the tunnels, and uh, after perhaps a um, ten-minute sort of slow-going, twisting journey through the darkened cartways, you find yourselves in a familiar tunnel, and up ahead you can see candlelight flickering from the the small sanctum of Morena. Is anyone praying at it? Uh, so you look in and you see that at the small altar and idol is uh, Kaja. She's kneeling in front of it with her uh, her hands out over a 
um, silver bowl, and her palms are very slowly trickling blood into the bowl. Uh, I'm going to sneak up behind her and be like, uh, not to disturb you, like really close into her ear. Okay. Uh, uh, so you kind of creep up on her. Can hear her. Someone can do. You can hear her sort of um, muttering prayers sort of under her breath, mostly just mouthing them. And you can hear her breath as she breathes in and out through the, and catch like the corners and edges of the words. And then as your voice pierces the otherwise still darkness from behind her, she lets out a blood curdling shriek and jumps ah! out of her feet away from you and like throws her hands up and probably spatters a few drops of her blood on your clothes. Not that you'll be able to tell. <laughs> She's, ah, ah, don't! I said, what's wrong with you? What? You just gotta be more ah. aware of your surroundings. So, ah. um, so she kind of holds up a hand and just puts her other hand to her heart and just breathes for a moment, trying to get her heart rate back under control. Uh, after she well, calms herself down from her fright, uh, you can kind of chatter at her, but she's not hearing a word, and she'll uh, she'll kind of stop you and say, "All right." I apologize for that. What uh, what can I do for you? Do you want the good news or the bad news? She uh, she frowns and says, "Well, I'm accustomed to bad news, so let's start there." Uh, we found Phelan. That's the he bad news. He was a zombie. <laughs> he was a zombie. Uh, he'd been a zombie for a week now, something like that. Um, yeah, uh, we had to put him down. And there was, you know, two giant blood elementals. That was really fun. Uh, but the good news is, and then I point at Rear again, and I was like, he's got a good stick up his ass. Uh, Ta-da! Hello, Riordan. You're you're feeling Hello. better? Yes, I am rather. Rather better, thank you. How are you? Um, uh, uh, a little overwhelmed at the moment, but um, I- I'm glad to I see you. I have to you. apologize for my previous behavior. I seem to remember a time in which... I said some very hurtful things towards you, and I do apologize again profusely for any harm I might have caused in doing so. So she mm-hmm. she sort of blinks and kind of assimilates that for a moment and says, um, thank, thank you. Thank you for saying so. Um, you, you seem turned around. That 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 makes me very happy. Um, but you found Phelan dead and, and undead? Oh, yeah. Right, yes, we're on this now. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, if you remember Reardon from, like, hours ago, he was like, how am I going to get more drugs? And now, Reardon, do you want to go do drugs? Goodness, no. <laughs> Strange? Uh, I, I suppose. Um, did this change of heart just sort of happen? Or... Yeah, like, seconds he was, like, inside of this giant blood um, thing. Um, A giant wave of blood sort of engulfed him. He kind of was drowning, and, you know, he kind of looked like, well, like the real Dunn has looked kind of smelly and skinny and falling apart. And when he came out, then he's, like, all this and taller. And then um, uh, body disappeared when that happened. 
Um, and I feel, it's strange, I feel like I've got the exact same amount of rage and hatred within me, but I've just sort of bottled it up into this little dark corner, which I'll come to when I need it. But for the rest of me, I feel fine, a lot better actually. But don't cross me. <laughs> <laughs> so she, uh, she, she takes a few steps towards you and, uh, and kind of reaches up and, and puts her hand on your face and says, well, whatever has happened, I- I'm pleased that you're clear again. Um, you should go and clean yourselves up. Uh, it wouldn't do to be in public as you are. Uh, actually... Why don't you wait in the back hallway? I'll have one of the rooms cleared, uh, a few of the rooms cleared, and I'll have some some baths drawn for you, uh, so you don't have to walk into the front of the house. Okay. I can well, try to I... get some of the worst of it off of us, but it won't. We'll still need a bath. Certainly. Uh, so she kind of uh, wraps uh, a few strips of cloth around her palms, which weren't cut very deep, just tiny little slices. Uh, she made an offering to Morena, uh, and she just kind of binds those up, and uh, the sleeves of her gown sort of fall past her palms and, and hide it. And so she says, uh, give me a few minutes to, to heat some water and, and clear some rooms, uh, and then, then come on up. Hey, Glad's does his best to get off the big chunks of gore and stuff with Preston. You can, uh, so that'll, um, that'll probably save your clothing uh, doing that. It'll still need a good thorough washing, but before it was immediate burn, now you can probably salvage it. So after a few minutes, uh, if you guys have anything else you want to talk about or do while you're waiting, that's fine. Otherwise, uh, she prepares rooms and baths for you so you can go and get cleaned up so you don't have to walk out into the public areas of the, uh, of the establishment head-to-toe in blood. What time is it? Uh, let's see. You guys went out late at night because it was after Rowan and Riodan's interesting... Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> prophetic drug trip commune session. Uh, so I would say that it's probably after midnight at this point. Okay. Um, so what do you guys want to do? Like just clean up and get to bed and then start fresh in the morning? It is quite late. I would not mind having a rest and something to eat um, of all horrible things. I'm hungry. Uh, he kind of feels bad that he's hungry after being in all the gore. <laughs> I, I think a dress, uh, a, rink and, sorry, a drink and a rest would be great, but I think that Rowan might need a lot of rest. Frankly, I don't know how much more she can handle. So. She, uh, yeah, she seems pretty exhausted, and uh, after uh, Kaja leaves, Rowan just sort of sinks down onto one of the, the simple stone benches in the chapel there and just kind of pulls her cloak about herself and uh, kind of keeps to herself. And she uh, just kind of numbly goes and cleans up once the uh, the baths are drawn. And, and she says, I um, I think I'm going to return to my room for a while. I uh, I need to rest very badly. I'm not, I'm not much feeling myself at the moment. That was, um, that was very close. Yeah, uh, I mean, we're fine. So uh, Rowan is going to take her leave and head back to the uh, Dancing Bear where you guys have your rooms. Um, Tilly. Tilly will obviously escort her back too and go. Okay. 
So after you guys clean up, uh, you can kind of uh, get back into your into your armor, and uh, and you can escort her back to the uh, back to the Dancing Bear Inn at uh, at the docks district. So, um, what's the plan for the rest of you this evening? I don't know what anyone else is going to do, but uh, Glass is going to take a bath. He is going to get a meal, and if. Um... Uh, if his uh, friend uh, Vela, uh, golly, I've got to get all my names remembered again. Valia, 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 Valia. If Valia is around, uh, perhaps a. How about the nice game of chess? Uh, so it is after midnight. Um... Oh, I forgot it was so late. I'm sorry. You know, he'll go to bed. Sorry. It's all right. Uh... She is actually around. Uh, she is uh, in the common room when you come out. Uh, it looks like she's having a small nightcap. Um, and she is dressed in a gorgeous silk gown. Her hair is done up. Uh, she has um, lovely jewelry on. Uh, and it looks like she was somewhere probably... Uh, somewhere important or somewhere fashionable. Uh, and she has kind of a, a fur wrap that's laid off to the side in the booth that she's sitting in. And she's just sort of, um, looks like she's winding down for the night, maybe that she just came into the, uh, into the bar after you, a little bit before you came out into the front area. So when you uh, kind of make your way over, she, uh, she looks up and her eyes seem a little, uh, she seems tired, but she brightens up and smiles when you approach. And she says, Oh, Hello, Glass. It's a little bit late, isn't it? Oh, yes, it has been quite a night. It, uh, I see you're having a little something. Do you mind if I join you just for some maybe warm tea with a little uh, schnapps in it? I think I will have to try to settle my nerves. It was uh, quite an adventure really? we've had. You've had quite a night, it looks like, as well. Some a gala or a embassy ball or something? Uh, n- nothing quite that fancy, yes, but there was a party. Uh, I had a lovely evening. Um, it sounds like you, uh, you definitely need something to settle your nerves. Please sit down, sit down. And she waves over, uh, Drajan and, uh, and gets your order taken care of. Yeah, it'll, like, my, my normal midnight, uh, nip, if you will. Um, right. Yeah. Peppermint schnapps. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it probably. I'm th- I was thinking it's like something like something weird, probably like chamomile and peppermint schnapps or, or something bizarre like that. But Perfect. something very Tolkien esque. Uh, yeah, and uh, herbal tea so, with uh, room for. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yes, it is interesting, but uh, I have good news. Uh, oh, real then seems to be. Somehow restored. It is. Uh, I don't say lightly. I believe it to be a miracle. She she smiles broadly at that, and she says, "Oh, that's so good to hear." Uh, Kaja was just beside herself. He has been a concern for all of us for quite some time, but uh, oh, don't God. worry. He's he's a bit changed, but um, the real bands. That we all know and uh, I've become accustomed to is still is still in there, but a new leaf perhaps for our friend. Well, that'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Speaking of, can I interest you in a game before bed? 
Ah, I was hoping you would ask, but I didn't want to impose after you've had such a long evening. Oh, not at all. Uh, something simple, Jess, or uh, perhaps uh, bridges and barges? I think simple for this, uh, for the capstone to this day would be good, don't you think? Uh, very much so. The conversation so she, uh, is more important than the game. Exactly. She pulls out the board and starts setting up. And uh, so you guys have a relatively short, relaxing game. Uh, you're pretty sure she's taking it easy on you, but it ends up being basically just the exact pace of play and conversation that you need to help uh, settle down and uh, get yourself to the point where you feel like you can head home and reasonably get some sleep. Yeah. Have a lovely evening. I'm going to head off uh Dee will probably be making waffles tomorrow, and I don't want to miss them. <laughs> but it's always a pleasure. <laughs> I would, value. Yeah. Absolutely. She lays her hand on your forearm and says, Sweet dreams, class. You as well. You as well, my dear. Okay. And, and uh, as you head out, she kind of uh, settles back into the booth with a little smile on her face and, uh, and just starts putting the, the chessboard away. So, uh, anything else we're wanting to do this evening, or shall we move on? to post-rest. Rudan goes and gets a bath. And, right. And uh, Rudan, I'm say, at, at this point, um, that that sort of adrenaline and spiritual high you were riding has broken, and it's just like a ten-ton weight of weariness crushes down on you. The kind where your bones are made of lead, and it's just hard to pick your hands up, and you have to kind of consciously will each individual step. So you, after, uh, after you're feeling clean and, and cleansed, really, uh, you just sort of fall into bed and for the yeah. first time, not in a stupor, just out of into this deep and uh, the most restful sleep you've had in months. Ah, so, uh, yeah, uh, y'all can, yep, yeah, you got something to do, Luke? Uh, I was going to go to the book fetish. Oh, interesting. All right. Okay. Uh, uh, so I, I, would, I would make my way there uh, just because uh, Linda? <laughs> uh, I forgot her name. Ellen Dora told me to come back later that oh, night for Layla uh, to ask her what pain, uh, painful pleasures is because uh, he's not uh, 100% sure. <laughs> All right. Okay, so uh, you make your way uh, across the bridge into the Collegium District, down the darkened streets and to the alleyway that houses the book fetish. And even though it's at this point probably 1, 1.30 in the morning, uh, you head up and there is soft, warm light from inside from, uh, from basically uh, shaded lamps. You open up the door, and Layla is behind the desk, and she looks up from a sheaf of parchments she was looking at, and she smiles brightly when she sees who it is. So there was a, a kind of a standard greeting on her lips that just sort of stops, and she says, Well, good evening, Cloak. I'm very happy to see you. Oh, yeah, hey. Um, I look around. Is anyone else here? There's nobody here at the moment. Looks like the shop yeah. front is empty. I said, like, why, why is the store still open? Still? Oh, we haven't been open that long. We don't close until dawn. Oh. 
Right, so, okay, I talked to Ellen Dora earlier. Uh, you weren't here, but she told me to ask you about painful pleasures. When you say that, she, uh, her smile grows just a little bit, and she says, how interesting. Do you have any idea what it is you're asking? No, it was, uh, as I said before, you know, in research with uh, what with happened with Phelan, uh, which, uh, unfortunately, uh, has not been good news on that point. Uh, her, her expression falls a little bit, and she said, um, well, uh, I suppose I admit I begun to suspect that uh, there might be some bad news rising on that front just because of how long it's been since we've seen him. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fact that you, uh, you and your friends are looking so intensely for him and... It doesn't strike me that you folks get involved in things unless um, unless there's danger involved. Oh, yeah. No, there's a lot of danger involved. I made it out on skates, but, you know. I'm very glad you did. So, she kind of looks toward the door and glances toward the, uh, the, the crimson tapestry hanging behind her. And she, she says... You seem to spend a lot of time at the Soak Scabbard, so I know that you're no prude. Not, not what is it that you're interested in? I mean, what what is it? Well, the Temple of Painful Pleasures. I suppose it's um, a somewhat more specialized establishment, but along the same lines as the Soak Scabbard. Oh... Uh... Her smile breaks into a little bit of a grin as the uh, the realization strikes you. Yeah, I, I'm like, oh, okay, that meant okay, painful and pleasures. So it's like those kind of people. Okay, I understand now. Well, all kind of people. Well, I mean, I mean, like a, a certain type of you know, like it, Not everyone likes goat's cheese. They acquire a taste for it. You know, it's that kind of similar thing. I suppose that's a good enough analogy, yes. If you're curious, uh, I can point you to the right shelf. And she points over to one of the uh, one of the sections of the bookstore. Okay, yeah. Uh, I would go over and uh, grab one of the books. So, those are... Well, how interested are you? Uh, just passing knowledge. I, I mean, I'm not... Uh... <laughs> Passing knowledge, that that case will do you. If you're interested in anything a little more, a little less sanitized, let me know and I can get into the private collection for you. Okay. Uh, Well, let me go through this and then we'll have that discussion. Certainly. He he still has no idea what she means by that. And he's like, oh, okay. Did you want to peruse it here or would you like to, to purchase it or perhaps borrow it and take it home? I mean, uh, I could peruse it here and then chat with you. I've had a long night, and I just kind of want to relax a little bit and have the company. Oh, absolutely. Well, make yourself at home. Uh, It looks like you have the run of the place tonight. That's what usually people here? Uh, We have our our busy days and our slow days. This looks like a slow one. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and then he would kind of like uh, peruse through the book and uh, see what she, he can she like. Kind of, she kind of pauses after she says that, and she uh, and then she says, "Then again, maybe it's a busy night, just in a different part of the uh, establishment." Or how about this? She sort of lets you uh, lets you go and get settled. She says, "Oh, um, we have an annex, I suppose you could call it." <gasps> can I see the annex? One step at a time. Okay. I like secret tunnels. I don't. <laughs> and then he, he <laughs> she, like, kind of goes through she, the book. She laughs this uh, this silvery little laugh and says, "Well, then maybe you'll fit in nicely here. We'll see." Okay, so you can uh, settle down in one of the little sitting and reading areas and crack the book open. So this book is a um, it's a very well written. Uh, it seems almost like a, an account, a traveler's account of uh, different establishments they visited across the uh, the seven cities and the uh, mm-hmm. and the crossroads region of Zobek. But as you read a little bit, you realize that there's a very common thread here. Not only is this person visiting houses of pleasure, this person has very particular tastes, and they usually involve mixing pleasure with pain. So this particular book is. Um, You'd call it like the, uh, it's kind of like the normals version of uh, getting into some deeper stuff. This only mm-hmm. scratches the surface, and it seems like it's a, a very gentle introduction. Okay. Now, so, how, much cloak, how much cloak will pick up on that, that's up to you. But I you, think uh, you, so. well, it's, it's very much... He's very much describing like BDSM and all that kind of stuff. So yes, um, but it's in a very a very yeah, soft introduction, sort like Doctor Seuss rhymes. Um, so, <laughs> um, uh, so basically, uh, he would he would like actually kind of like think about what what it's saying and kind of go back to his thoughts to Neheim, and mm-hmm. he would remember uh, something that happens monthly, uh, oh, yeah. and. Um, he would think about how uh, a sacrifice would be torn down and then, like, uh, tortured uh, by devils. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, then he just, like, slams the book shut uh, as he, like, mm-hmm. goes to that thought. And he's like, yeah, I don't think that's my cup of tea. Um, not not oh. that no, it's, it's not it's not it's uh, I had another memory that uh, no, don't read into that. Um, I, I, I'd love to explore the place, though. So she, she gives you a very speculative look, and she says, Tell you what, why don't you take that book, spend all the time you want with it, if you feel that you still want to explore after you've finished it, however long it takes you, take your own time, then we can mm-hmm. talk some more. All right? Because she, she has, um, there's this little edge of concern uh, on her expression, uh, as she sort of assesses you after your little, um, not exactly outburst, but your reaction there. Um, yeah. She says, uh, I wouldn't want to drop you into something you're not comfortable with far too quickly. Oh, yeah, no, no, I don't, yeah, I mean, we'll spend the night on it, but I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's my kind of thing. I'm not really intimate with people or anything like that. And I don't like being tied up at all. Um, that's just, that's, that's just fine. a couple of my things. Um, but I, don't, I, I, I mean, I'll come back tomorrow night and we can talk more. 
I enjoy our conversations. As do I. I hope you do come back, one way or the other. And he's like, all right. And he, like, puts the book in his thing uh, and then uh, walks out the door. And he's like, I'll be back tomorrow. I'll bring back the book. I'll look forward to it. Take all the time with it that you need. Don't feel the need to rush. Okay. <laughs> he walks so out she the just door kind of, uh, you can just feel her eyes on your back as you head out the door. Is she watching and my numb butt? Ah. As the door closes behind you, I said you're back. <laughs> as the door closes behind you, your cloak tightens a little bit around your shoulders. Like it's, uh, can I get like the edge, like, like the edges of it kind of wrap around you a little bit more. Um, Like it's trying to protect me? Yeah, it feels a little bit like that, yeah. Or okay. um, maybe maybe less protect, maybe more comfort. Like a hug. A little bit, a little bit. Like a, a hug with some iron to it. Okay. He's just like, oh. And then, uh, then marches on back home. All right. Okay, so uh, you all get a well-needed night's sleep. And uh, and you can reconvene in the morning after you finish your long rest. Uh, as you guys get yourselves together, I'm going to step away for just a moment, but uh, feel free to uh, to begin your talking and plotting. I'll be right back. Okay. So, quick question: Where are we all meeting? Good question. We didn't talk about. I assume Silk Scabbard has sort of been the central spot that we've been at. Uh, for most things, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine that. It just sort of seems to be the, a spot where we can get food and drink and plot. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like even if you guys weren't there yeah. and we were trying to find you there, there would be somebody there who would know where you had gone to, like it was a yeah. library or whatnot. So that would at least be, I think, Tilly and Rowan's first initiative was to go to the Silk Scabbard to find y'all after the rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm not sure if we actually need to go to the library at this point. We have an address of folks from the Blood Kingdom in the Dock District. Mm-hmm. And again, may, I, I agree, it makes sense to go during the daytime in case there is a vampire there. Um, uh, the yeah. nice part, I recall, I believe my Lantern of Revealing is daylight. It's not It's not oh, actual yeah. light. I think it is daylight, which could I be remember. a big part. It's either it, it, it is daylight or it can cast daylight. I can't remember specifically. I remember uh, something no, about daylight. No, I think it's it's bright light. It does not say daylight. So the heart of flame is not actual sunlight, if that's what you were thinking. Okay. But it is magical. It is magical light and can therefore um, uh, be proof against magical darkness. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, I, I knew there was something I couldn't remember. If it, it is was. most definitely not sunlight. Sunlight, right. Sunlight, sun bright. Yes. So we were just saying we probably would all reconvene at the Silk Scabbard in the morning okay. or whatever time after we got the appropriate amount of time to get a long rest. Sure. Uh, so yeah, you guys just need the, uh, the eight hours to, to finish the long rest, so I'm you can be up any time between, I would say, 9 and 11 the next morning. Uh, be up, put together, ready to go. 
Yeah. Uh, Gwaffles, well, well, right. so that he doesn't miss Gwaffles at D's. Yep, yep. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. How are we all feeling today? I'm doing quite well. Uh, Miss got a little made at waffles, so uh, it is always a good day when there are waffles. Uh, I have a pop off with me this time. Um, oh, okay, cool. And uh, I'm like, oh, no, it's, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, had had breakfast, uh, and you know, as as Gladys said, waffles are a good day. I had a second helping because I don't know how long this is gonna take. <laughs> so, uh, how much reading did Cloak do the night before? Did he read any more at home, or did he just kind of leave that off? Um, he probably read a little bit, uh, and um, just to see what the story was about, and like if there was like any kind of like hidden meaning uh, or like hidden text within it. Because he, it's, so I would say. Uh, yeah, I would say, you. I mean, you're primed to think that way. Uh, I would mm-hmm. say that you're definitely picking up there is some sort of undertone of an agenda, but it doesn't seem to be anything like what you're familiar with. Uh, and I would say uh, spending spending some time thinking about it, you suspect that the author might have been uh, something along the lines of like Kaja, someone who works one thing but then has some other philosophical uh, outlook that meshes with that but in a way that's not safe or uh, yeah that's not safe to just spout openly okay Um, I would uh, if everyone's busy doing stuff uh, I don't know if I have time right now or if we're going right out to it Uh, I would go talk to Kaja entirely up to you guys I would look to Rio down and just sort of give him sort of a look over and then be like, but more importantly, how are you feeling, Rio Dan? You had quite the day yesterday. I did, you know, I did. And I've come down a little bit from, uh, from all that. Uh, I've had a rather uh, change of faith, I suppose. Well, not really change, I suppose, just a slight altering of the way that I come at things and they're a lot more vengeful i mean there's just this well of real real hatred within myself uh that i could access at any given time you know really just fly off the handle <laughs> kind of a blood rage sort of thing i feel like um but you know really holy you know really faithful yeah but for the rest of the time, you know, my mood is much improved. I feel like I've kind of purged myself of a lot of drugs, and I feel a lot better, you know, just <laughs> any time I tap into that well, you know, be on the lookout. You, you look good. Your your hair is all shiny and nice again. Yes, it is come back, isn't it? Thanks, your Marina. Teeth are white. How are your teeth white? <laughs> Must be the Moretta brand. <laughs> I, I, I like look around like cautiously to see if anyone heard that. <laughs> I mean, I assume you guys are keeping. Oh yeah, we're, we're like you've got one of the one I, of the. I don't know with New Rear Dan. I don't know how he is yet. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, you guys tell me where are you having this conversation? Just get your uh, own table, that sort of thing. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I think it's our kind of normal yeah. private. I mean, it's 
Also keep in mind, it's morning at the Silk Scabbard. There ain't a crowd. Oh. So you guys have your... <laughs> Uh, it's like being at a strip club in the morning I was going to say it's uh, let's just say it's not the A squad oh yes that relatable (laughs) (laughs) one guy sweeping the the fight pits you know yeah Uh, basically that's what they're this is where a lot of base you know cleanup inventory that sort of stuff happens the things that actually make the business run that sort of stuff happens now when there's maybe a handful of patrons most of the day. So, yeah. So you guys have the run of the place. So, people from the Blood Kingdom have infiltrated um, and are holed up at this address down at the Dock District. I think uh, Cloak was correct. It makes sense after our experience in the graveyard, he says quietly. Uh, that we should um, probably do this at daytime? Yes? Agreed. If there are any uh, unsavory individuals, daytime might be best. And uh, Tilly, um, I mean, of anybody, you basically just kind of fought your way across the Blood Kingdom. Um, you probably know more than anyone on how to deal with these um, uh, unsavory types, as Riodan uh, spoke of. I, I've definitely experienced a few of their strategies, but I mean, a lot of the time it's a lot of chaotic just fighting. So I imagine once we get closer, once we know more of our quarters or where they are, I should be able to potentially know uh, poten- like some some idea based on our fights with them previously what they could be using tactic-wise, but I don't. Other than that, I mean, it's all just plummaging and beating them and raining blood, you know, the usual stuff, so. But I, I could look into it. I mean, I just don't know if I'm not familiar with the location yet. Oh, no, I just, uh, so get ready for a fight, basically, is what you're saying. I, I mean, the term that he used as in blood rage is pretty pretty spot on with most of these unsavory types, I would say. So, uh, I would I would definitely I would definitely especially after what we just encountered in the in the uh, you know downstairs, uh, we should be prepared majorly. Did you figure anything out last night about the uh, potion that Cloak found? Oh, um, that might be a good idea for us to take a little bit of time to uh, uh, identify some of these things that we have. Uh, and uh, Glass will, you know, spread out his uh, uh, spread out his big moose skin and uh, lay out his stones and runes. And uh, actually, just to confirm, the jug and uh, the, the jug and the two unidentified potions. And I kind of think I want to put the bag on that. Do you mind if I check to see if there's anything with the bag as well? Yeah, I, I was going to suggest that too. And I so uh, I would even mention that uh, that cloak when though in the morning when you were getting yourself ready to go, you were looking for the book that you tucked away, and it actually took you a little bit to find it because at first you missed it in the pouch of the of the the backpack that you are positive you put it in, but you had to search through the damn thing like three times until you found it. It's sort of like the USB thing where it doesn't matter which side you start with, you always have to flip it twice 
before you get it to, to plug into the socket directly. <laughs> Look out. Somehow you're excited. Searching past it. Yeah, I put I put that up there and I was like, yeah, it's a, it, it can hide things really well. I need to thoroughly go through this thing. So okay, take so, about uh, 40 minutes to do all four. So you are checking the jug, the satchel, and the two unidentified vials. Right. It, well, I think that's the only things. Everything else, we, we knew the other. The healing potions, we know healing potions. Yeah. Yes. The, uh, the, the healing and greater healing potions, you can identify. The, you've seen enough of them. You can identify them very easily. Yeah, uh, yeah, they so have the thick a, water, the green liquid. Okay. The uh, so I will, I will say um, you can even do a, a quicker check on those where you can set the Heart of Flame down and touch each of the vials to the lantern and neither of them react, which tells you that they are not magical. Oh, okay, okay. cool. That works. Uh, and I will say now that you're kind of in you know daylight and not skulking around in blood-soaked cartways, you can see that the stoppers on each of those small vials are sealed with lead. Oh, there's something good. So this, we could take this to the Alchemy's Guild, or oh, or I could go to my friend uh, Smelly Boy. Uh, uh, not God, what is his name? Um, Marvel. I can get with Marvel. Model. Yes. I'll go to Marvel because <laughs> I don't. I don't want to tell him I have the spunk. Okay, so oh, you you do want to. So checking the. Um, the jug and the bag, both of them are indeed magical. When you touch them to the lantern, this faint shimmering blue glow as if they were backlit by that blue flame kind of crawls around them. Let's so, uh, you spend your time you spend your time going through your ritual casting, and you do indeed joy of joys, identify each of them as an alchemy jug and a humor's handy haversack. <laughs> So, these are very, these are fun. These are, up in Bendia, people used to have these things because they are fun. Um, you, uh, this, uh, well, it's a cloak. I, it's not just that it has uh, ways to uh, hide things well. It, it actually has a small uh, little spot in it that is a portal to another dimension. And you see, when you put it in there, it files it away in this little portal. It, you can put lots of stuff in it as he sees everyone glaze over. <laughs> like close understanding, and then like, and then as he, he puts lots of stuff, and he like just gets that down face, I guess, he, as he looks at everyone else, like looking confused at him. He's like, no, I got I got you. That's our plan. Raiden looks like oh. politely interested. Oh, <laughs> one trick, and I would assume that being a Bimian scholar, I would know this. One trick we should do just to make sure I turn the pouches inside out to see if anything else comes out. Oh, very good, very well, good. I, know okay. I mean, I know that, but being a Bimian uh, scholar... Yeah, yeah. No, I, I would say that um, extra-dimensional holding vessels of various kinds were common enough in Bemia that you know that if you turn them, upside, uh, turn them inside out, whatever was in there comes out. Uh, so, anything that Cloak still had in there, any of the vials or anything, those come a-tumbling out. I think you guys have removed all of those, though. Uh, so... Mm-hmm. The next thing that happens is there's just sort of a clattering and and uh, cacophony of things falling out of the haversack. Um, 
and you hear the clang of a crowbar and clunking of torches that come falling out, clatter of chalk, a few of those pieces of chalk break on the table as they, uh, as they fall out into it. Um, you find just all kinds of stuff in there. So basically like an so explorer's pack or something. Essentially there's an explorer's pack in there, yeah. Gotcha. Okay, well, it's good to double check. You never know what might be hiding in an extra dimensional space. Well, this is fun, and then uh, I would start putting uh, my extra shit in there, then. Uh, my actual, more of my Explorer pack, uh, pack stuff in there, and then uh, um, Bear in mind, potions. It does, it does have a weight limit. Okay. Um, I think... I don't have a lot on me, uh, other than, like, uh, my money, uh, and then... Um, the antitoxins. I have three so, antitoxins. Uh, so it has a, a main pouch, a, a main uh, central pouch in the backpack that holds 80 pounds, and each okay. side pouch, or two side pouches, each hold 20. So it can hold 120 pounds of stuff, and it never okay. weighs more than five. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I would put all that in the, uh, um, the muddy, especially, because I have 273 gold, 1,000 silver, and one platinum. Um, I would uh, put that uh, in there. I would say this one, this one is less of a backpack, and it's more like a um, like a satchel or a messenger bag. Yeah, like Indiana Jones. Yeah, there you go. A little bigger, but yeah. I have a man purse. Um, <laughs> and yes. I would put the extra backpack in there, and like I kind of organize everything as everyone's talking. Uh, and and putting you're, the uh, together. you're going about it, you, you start to realize that it's a godsend for organization because as you reach into one of the pouches, whenever you think or will what, it, what was in there, it's always right on top. Okay. No drugs fell out? No drugs fell out. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Yep. yep. No drugs. Um, and Tilly, this is fun. You will like this. Uh, okay. one of my roommates, uh, well, not really roommates, one of my dorm mates, I guess is the best way to call it, Bimia, uh, had one of these from his great uncle. And I open up thing, go, beer. All right, so there yeah, are... he, uh, he opens up the jug. When he, when he says beer, it fills with this delightful, foamy, dark amber beer. I've never seen anything like that, but it seems like the best thing I've ever seen, if you know what I mean. What, where did that come from? <laughs> it, but it, we found it down in, down there and with all of the blood. But um, it will do uh, beer. I've had honey before. Uh, it does mayonnaise, but the mayonnaise goes goes bad before you can ever use all of it, because who needs a whole jar of mayonnaise? But all sorts of different things that you can make the... Not, uh, not make. just a whole jar of mayonnaise. It makes two gallons of mayonnaise. Of mayonnaise. I was like uh, saying the alchemy I mean, jug of mayonnaise. Yeah. 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 I mean, mayonnaise doesn't seem like beer. anything, but... Remember that it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily hold all of that at once. That's just how much it can produce in a, in a given day. So, it, I mean, it creates a oh. hell of a lot of mayonnaise, but, like, you could just keep pouring it for a while because that's not a two-gallon uh, jug. <laughs> I, w- I would look at it Tilly uh, as... As I'm, like, organizing stuff and all that kind of stuff, I'd be like, Tilly, you know, you're just going to use it for beer. I mean, I, okay, why yeah. wouldn't I use it? anything else i mean uh, you, you guys got me running ragged across the town so far away from any sort of tavern you know of course 
Why wouldn't I? It's a gallon jug, but it makes four gallons of beer. Yeah. So it's They're the size of a, a milk jug or whatever. Yeah, I, I had never read the fine print on these before. I always just looked, went straight to the table. Uh, so what you're saying, Glass, is I can ask you for beer at, like, any time. Pretty I'll much. just give it to her. Perfect. Yeah, actually, do you want it? I was going to say, actually, you... I, 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 we should talk. Let's, I, I don't know if, I don't know if the dungeon master has thoughts in his head of things. So uh, should that if you want to talk about joke, it later. The alchemy jug was a uh, donation magic item for Glass. So if you guys decide later that you want to move it around or trade it, you may. You're certainly you're certainly welcome to do that. But uh, that was by intent going to Glass. I mean, I kind of like the idea of just being like, "Hey, Glass, like, can I have a glass of beer?" And then you'll be like, "Hey, there you go." And then I'll just have a little mug of beer, and then you can just carry it. Because I've got to carry almost everything else, anyways. So, oh no, I, I can carry stuff to... now. It'll be oh, our bonding true. experience, you know, you and me. I've been meaning to want to get to know you better, as I know that our two peoples do not have a wonderful history. I've been reading some up in the library about such things. I know, you so... know, I was so cautious about you when I first met you, but you're a pretty nice guy. Just tap you on the shoulder. And what, what can four gallons of beer a day not fix, right? Right, hey, perfect. See, and now I know you're my kind of guy. I feel you. So, and then this whole Fair. time, I'm sorry, but um, Rowan, are you feeling all right? Like, did you get a good night's rest with everything? So, uh, Rowan actually would have excused herself for the day uh, when you tried to get her out of her room, or I guess you, you guys. I don't, I don't remember if you guys are sharing a room or if you have uh, two. Uh, up to you. Uh, either way, she would say that she is not feeling well and you should go on without her. She was going to stay in the day and rest. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. Just retract that statement. I just yep, talking yep. to myself over here. Yep. Sorry. That, that <laughs> played out in my head earlier and I forgot that you guys don't get to see that stuff. No, so. that's fine. I think at that point, like, uh, Tilly would tell them about Rowan not feeling yeah, well. Staying in. Sometimes that's it happens fine. whenever she's had a vision, so she might have had something to tell us about later. Uh, and I would say that you saw that she had um, parchments and a book, basically like a big blank book that, you know, she's been writing in forever. Uh, she writes probably almost constantly. She she sketches things. She, um, ca- she chronicles uh, stuff that she's been doing, and then she repeats it to herself to memorize it and kind of it becomes part of her catalog of tales so it looked like she was uh, furiously writing and reciting to herself when you kind of went to get her in the morning so she was in the midst of that and would, would Tilly have seen any Tilly's not a very like prodding type on stuff like that no, you've, you've seen her do this before it's, you suspect it's part of her devotions okay all right. Yeah, she seemed very busy, um, so we might be without her today for whatever task you need to do. I don't know if you wanted to go talk about uh, purchasing that house or not, or if you wanted to proceed to the library to learn any more about your potions or what. I, I think while it's daylight, probably our next big step is to uh, at least maybe scout out. Uh, Cloak can be very sneaky and maybe see what... The, this is one of those cases I don't think we want to just kick the front door down. I think we need to actually maybe um, figure out exactly how we want to approach these folks from the Blood Kingdom or see what they are up to. Um, 
we don't want to right. go in and uh, kill them or wipe them out or something and then be at another dead end. They probably have a contact or something. And I guess our big goal is, well, Cosina, right, Riodan? Right, yes. I mean, she's been rather interested in me, and I've got this feeling inside of me now, um, which is sort of just kill her, you know, get rid of her, you know, holy execution kind of thing. I didn't really have before. So I really think, you know, send me in, I'll attack her with the tentacles, rip out her eyes, maybe her tongue, uh, uh, maybe so some we, kidneys. I, talk over She's him. got two, so, more better. So maybe we should scout it out? Whatever the location is, see if we see any faces in and out. Or... Scouting is a very sensible idea. I think it's a very good idea, Tilly, yes. I... And then, well, like I say, I'll go in with the eyeballs, the tongues, kidneys, liver, kind of thing. The first, okay, scout I don't, it out. Let's not be crazy about this. Is he more darker, but just happy about it? <laughs> Dark and happy is happy. kind of... So a, uh, a, a quick note on uh, mechanics, uh, Will. When you use the tentacle rod, you remember you, or sorry, not the tentacle rod, mm-hmm. the, uh, the sanguine lash, you can use it as yeah. a scourge, as a weapon on your own, um, mm-hmm. or you can direct it to make its, its lashing attacks. When you direct it to make those attacks, you can't use Demi- Divine Smite on those three attacks because that's the, yeah. the scourge making the attacks, not you. So just yep. keep that in mind. If you wanna, if you wanna smite people with your paladinness, you actually gotta go at them with the attack action and all that good stuff. Cool. Okay. Tilly scoots her chair a little further away from. Liam. <laughs> um. I so. Well, uh, what would you like to try? Scouting. Scouting. Glad. Oh, I think it makes sense. Um, but you know, as you speak about that, your your lash, and I'm so glad we got it back for you. But uh, wasn't your didn't your visions with Roam uh, and what we know about the fact that pretty much the last two people who have had the lash, uh, she has found them and killed them. So we should be very much uh, on the lookout and uh, keep our eyes. She'll come find here, me. Which, yeah, it, she might. And now I don't like that expression eyes peeled anymore after you talked about your flash and eyeballs. But um, we should keep our eyes out for her ambushing us for things. So wow, with great care to the dock district. Uh, yeah. I was just thinking... Uh, just to have a cover story, we are we could be going towards the dancing bear or pretend like we're lost and can't find the dancing bear. If for some reason people want to know why we are lurking and skulking about this address. Is it anywhere near the dancing bear, Dan? I totally just kind of made that up. <laughs> uh, I would say it is not... Let me find the, the key there on the map. So, the dancing bear. 69, um, on, the, 69 on the map. It's not, it's not super close to there. It's um, actually down uh, closer to the river. Um, okay. 
It's kind of uh, just across the way from uh, Wharf Street. Okay. Uh, so kind of uh, across the street and down a little bit from 66, if you're looking at the map there. Gotcha. Down from the Barbers. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Little little ways down from the Blue Barbers. Well, uh, ooh, someone went to the Barbers. Uh, Rowan went to the Barbers and got her feathers waxed. She did. <laughs> All those gnomes are there. <laughs> anyway, there are plenty of excuses we can have for us to be wandering around the district and sticking our noses where they don't belong. True. Well, that's, uh, I thought we'd start going. Okay. Yeah, let's head that way. Yep, you guys, uh, you guys head out and make your way down... The, uh, down the streets toward the bridge. Uh, as you are nearing the first bridge, you can see you kind of cast some slightly uncomfortable glances toward the Shrine of St. Caron, where a few nights previous you dug up the, uh, the corpse of the tiefling drug dealer. Um, and you can see, again, like that all, all the disturbance there has been put to right. Uh, you can see that there are still some city watch nearby on, uh, on a nearby corner, sort of across the way, keeping an eye on things. And mm-hmm. you also see a contingent of soldiers in gleaming breastplates and uh, led by a fellow in full plate armor. Uh, the breastplates all have a burnished bronze emblem of a sun, a solar disc on them. The fellow in the plate armor has a white surcoat with a similar um, gold thread uh, device on the front. Uh, Riodan, you recognize this this symbol immediately. These are worshippers of the sun god Kors. Uh, the fellow in the plate armor has kind of a thick brown mustache and... Um, his hair has been cropped close to his skull, and he carries his helmet just kind of tucked under one arm. And uh, as they're walking by, they exchange a few words with the city watch who were there. And uh, as that conversation progresses, short though it is, the mustachioed man, his face grows uh, very dour, and you can see his jaw muscles clench, and he... Uh, he goes over and speaks to the individuals who are walking along with him and they cross the street toward the shrine and the graveyard. And this is the graveyard where we had the vampire. That is the graveyard where you dug up the vampire spawn, yes. Okie dokie. Did you all see that? Uh, I I don't know. The shiny man? I mean, they they were... Well armored, but I don't know what worshippers of the sun gods. I mean, do I does Glaz would Glaz have knowledge just from his studies? I mean, is there I, I assume I'm assuming the worshippers of the Sun Guard and the Blood Kingdom uh you know don't get along and Dan Fears oh, probably okay. fit into that. You can you can go ahead and make an intelligence religion check and we'll see what you know about him. Okie dokie. Uh, Cluck would just look at everyone and I was like, I don't know, they look like bright guys. <laughs> that would be a net one. I didn't pay attention. Um, yeah, you're, you're not super familiar with them. Uh, they're not uh, 
terribly prominent. Like, you've seen similarly garbed soldiers moving around every now and then, but quite honestly, you really don't pay attention. You just always assumed they were some specific regiment of the, the Zobek Watch, which is also Zobek's standing army. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they have griffin riders flying overhead. So, yeah, guys in gold armor, why not? Uh, and since there's no real prominent Templar cathedral to cores here, it's kind of a it's kind of a low key faith. So it's something that's just kind of scooted under Glaz's radar. Uh, your uh, your fear, Riodan, is that that is one of the Order of the Undying Sun, and if so, you need to watch yourself because they are essentially tailor made to destroy vampires in particular. Um, and right. anyone vampire blooded can very easily catch their uh, catch their ire. I uh, I pass that on to the party as well. So I better be uh, careful around here, but it might also mean that our suspicions about those other folk are less than desirable. Uh, people that we think might be in the area may well be in the area. Well, or maybe they discovered about... Or maybe no longer in the area, quite, yes. Well, and even if we get into real trouble, maybe we run towards these people. (laughs) Sure enough. I mean, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Well, all of us can. Maybe you run the other way. I smile at Ryodan, big tusky smile. <laughs> no, I, no, we're best friends. Well, run away from them. He runs away from the vampires. We run away from the vampires, but we run to them, but he does not run towards them because we wouldn't Oh, okay. I thought you were telling me to run in a different direction. A bit of distraction because Rurden's like nice now and he wants to go to the library and stuff because I don't know why, but. Oh, no, no, no. I'm worried that they would, they would, they would be, oh, we were so confused. It was a vampire running towards us, and so we smited them, and that would be bad because I don't want three of them to get hurt. Because he's not too jealous. I don't know. So, uh, yeah, you you guys can basically just kind of head on your way, and it doesn't seem like these these gold-clad individuals pay you any particular mind, as uh, it looks like they just kind of move across the street, and they set the, the, the soldiers sort of set themselves up, much like the, uh, the other contingent of, of watchmen are, um, and they're just sort of watching the area, talking to each other. They don't look like they're patrolling particularly, it just looks like they've kind of stopped to chat. The um, the plate-clad fellow breaks off from them and heads into the graveyard. And they kind of hang back. And that's probably about the time when you lose sight of them, unless you want to hang around. I don't. Okay, then you guys make your way right across the bridge into the uh, Collegium District and across, in short order, to the docks. So you find yourself approaching the gullet, 
uh, where just the bustling commerce of the river is already in full swing at this point, kind of late morning, uh, probably where we've gotten to now after all of the discussion and breakfasting and all that good stuff. So uh, you can see that there are boats and barges offloading and loading. Uh, you see just cartloads and wagon loads of wares being uh, rolled down the streets, clattering along the cobblestones, and uh, you can hear fishmongers uh, barking the morning's catch. Uh, just there's just this press of citizenry and city life bustle going on around you. Would uh, Tilly see her vessel that was docked here? I mean, is this um, the same area of the dock? You would, it's, so you'll have to kind of go across the bridge to the gullet, which is this long, thin island that the docks come off of. You guys are just kind of seeing it from afar. You're a little bit elevated up a hill, so you can kind of see all of that going on, and you're kind of getting into the edges of it as that sort of bleeds out into the rest of the city. So if you wanted to go check on your vessel, you could head that way, but you'd have to get closer to the river to get a good look. Uh, Tilly's going to uh, converse with Glass and say, uh, we did we did dock our vessel uh, across the gullet over there. Um, if we need an excuse as to why we're here or if we need to check it for some reason um, or use it for an escape for some reason, if, you know. But <laughs> I forgot this is the same docks that we were at. It's been a few days. Yep. So it's, uh, it's not super close to where you are, but I'd say... Basically, if you get if you follow the road down, weave your way through the buildings and get up to the river, you'd probably be within 500 feet of where your where your boat is docked. So you could see it certainly easily. Yeah. Uh, getting to it, you'd have to follow the road, cross the bridge, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, but it's relatively okay. close. Yes. Until he's okay. a bit perked up, being close to water again. Because she's not Yeah, just smelling the air, the the air over the river. Uh, now it's not the sea, so you know could yeah. be better. But it does; it definitely uh, lifts your spirits and gives you uh, just this jolt of uh, of energy and liveliness as you you take that into your lungs. Uh, and so uh, you guys approach the corner uh, that is relatively close to the address you were given. How are you wanting to go about this? So there's a lot of hustle uh, and bustle. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, what kind of building is this? Or are uh, we at what the you guys are looking for is uh, mm-hmm. is essentially um, like uh, it's not too dissimilar to the place that you uh, and Glaz rent from D, although a little bigger. So it's basically a mm-hmm. small house. And is it like and on the street? It's on the street, and it's kind of nestled in a, a densely packed cluster of other buildings. And it looks like the river might be right up against the back of that building cluster. And does it look like anyone's home? Um, why don't you give me a, uh, a wisdom perception check? Uh, I'm sorry, G- give me an intelligence investigation check. All right. Straight up in the joint. Twelve. Twelve. Uh, it looks... Uh, you don't see any sign of habitation. Um, so the shutters on the windows are all closed. Uh, you don't see any movement or any light from the inside. Um, yeah, it looks, up, it looks like it's closed up pretty tight. And there's a, there's a back way, but it's along the river? 
You're not sure if there's a back way. It looks like uh, this cluster of buildings that the house is kind of part of, part of, quote unquote, uh, does mm-hmm. butt up right against the river. If there is a back door, it is going to be close to the uh, the riverbank. Okay. Uh, so I am just going to walk towards the back of this place like I live there. Okay. Sure. Yeah, uh, you not, just sort of wander me. off into the alleyway. Um, why don't you go ahead and make me a charisma persuasion check? Okay. Uh, give me advantage. Her... 18. <laughs> nice. Drop that nat one, we'll take the 18. That'll that'll be delightful. Okay, yeah, so uh, Cloak just sort of um, scoots his way through the crowd, and just like he's on his way home from morning errands, slips into the alleyway by the building, wanders off. Okay, you uh, you make your way into the into the dark kind of narrow confines of this stretch between these buildings, and every window that you can find into this house is closed and shuttered tight. Mm. You make your way all the way around to the back, and it does not appear to have a back door, but it does have one of those like cellar door bulkheads, if you know what I'm talking about, like the uh, the angled yeah. doors. Yeah. Um, can I... Is that padlocked? Uh, taking a look at it, there is indeed a lock on it. It's not a padlock, though. It looks like it's a lock built into the door. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, and how visible am I uh, just to anyone around? Um... I mean, you're pretty well hidden from the road. Uh, There are a few small boats and a barge passing relatively near on the river. And you can see the gullet from where you are, which is this long kind of banana-shaped island that's off the uh, the coast of the city itself in the River Argent. Um, And you can see all kinds of dock workers and uh, and ship and, and and you know barge hands running around doing their thing, stevedores loading and unloading. But you're a good five hundred ish feet away from them. So, I mean, you're you're one little dude five hundred feet away. Yeah. I'm, I'm not even on the radar. Uh, yeah, I exactly. still I, I, what I want to do is uh, pull out my new crowbar that I got. Uh, and uh, roll a stealth check uh, to uh, fucking crowbar the the basement door open. Okay. Uh, Go ahead and give me a dexterity stealth check. See how quietly you can do this. Uh, 18. Very quietly, and 18 is nice and quiet. Okay, so now give me a strength athletics check with advantage because of the crowbar. All right. Um, That is how that do. I got a 10. Ten. Um, so there is a uh, a soft cracking and splintering of wood. It looks like you've loosened the door, but you didn't quite manage to pop it free. So I'm going to need another stealth check. All right. Assuming you want to try again. Ooh, nat 20. All right. So you just kind of casually keep leaning on the bar and go ahead and make me another another strength check with advantage. Okay, uh, click advantage. Give me that athletics. Uh, a nine. A nine. Yeah, you're having you're having trouble. Yeah, you're not quite able to budget. Do you uh, want to try a third time? Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, I'm going to need another stealth check from you. Ooh, eight, eight. Interesting. All right. Go ahead and make your uh, go ahead and make your uh, strength athletics check with advantage again. Uh-oh. No, I'm not. Nine. Yeah, you're just you're having trouble. This is a stout oak door, uh, and it's uh, it's quite hardy. Okay. One more time. One more time. Make me another stealth check, please. Much better. We like that. Twenty-three. That'll be good. Okay. So you kind of you kind of take a moment, reset. You wait until you hear uh, some louder voices uh, up by the street, kind of pass by, and then mm-hmm. you go at the crowbar and the lock again. Let's see how you do. All right. If this doesn't work, I'm totally gonna get glass. Fourteen. Fourteen. All right. So you kind of put your boot on it, and with a little muttered gnomish grunt, give it a good kick, and it pops mm-hmm. the lock. And thanks to how you had it situated in there, it doesn't make a, a, a much much sound, uh, even as you pop the the bolt out of the uh, out of the door frame and the other side of the door. <laughs> okay. And the, uh, the whole am... door kind of gives a little bit. Okay, uh, I'm uh, I'm gonna uh, open the door and sneakily get in there. Okay. And it's not gonna lock behind me, is it? Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, okay. This is probably going to require some repairs if this ever wants to lock again. Because basically okay. what you've done is cracked the uh, the wood around where the bolt locks into the other door and like half cracked it and half just pried it up so the bolt won't seat back down into it well. Okay. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to give a perception down here to see what I see with my dark vision. Okay, so you pop the uh, you pop the door open and kind of slip inside with a little uh, swirl of red cloth and, and green moss. You slip into the gloom inside the cellar. Uh, you carefully let the door fall closed, and you can see this like blade of sunlight shining in from the morning into the dark. And there's dust swirling around in it, and that blade slowly cuts down to a razor sliver and then is gone as the door settles down. And it takes a moment for your eyes to adjust and you can see a short flight of stairs that lead down into the cellar proper. Uh, Right in front of you, it looks like there is a um, uh, a shelf that has like um, dry goods, like maybe bags of flour, beans, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um... I'm going to stealth down here, uh, and I I want to see if I can find anything sleeping or living, um, and then make my way out of here. Just kind of like reconnaissance and not really engaging in anything. Um, All right, why don't you go ahead and make me a a dexterity stealth check? Uh, There it is. Good. 23. Nice. I'm good at sneaking. It's a sneaky time. Ooh. All right. So as you're lurking down in the basement, you're sort of um, carefully finding, you know, carefully picking out your places to step and, uh, and moving your way amongst the gloom. As you come around the corner of those shelves full of, uh, you know, cloth sacks, and you see uh, stacks of other, basically stuff you'd find in a, in a house's basements, right? Boxes, 
you know, dry supplies, that sort of thing. You, you mm. stop as you can feel the hair kind of prickle on the back of your neck. And it, you just, you get a, a terribly bad feeling. So you freeze and kind of pull yourself into the shadows, such as it is in the dark, uh, into the, the recess between a, a wooden crate and those shelves. And you look up and you see on the ceiling a figure clinging and quietly slipping past you. It turns its neck almost all the way around and you can barely pick out this chalky white pasty complexion and this faint reddish gleam that catches some stray hint of light that flashes in the dark. Those eyes flash past where you're hiding and keep going. It kind of pans its head one way, pans the other, and you hear it sniff. Its lips peel back from its teeth, and you can see long fangs. And it scuttles almost silently, but you hear this faint scrape of its boots on the, the underside of the wood flooring above that makes the ceiling of the basement. Can I get out of here you, quietly? You, you, <laughs> lose, out of here. <laughs> you lose uh, you lose sight of it uh, as it kind of scuttles around a corner. It looks like the uh, the basement down here is sort of an L shape, and it yeah. scuttles past you and, and around to the other side of the basement. So okay, yeah, currently, I'm... it looks like you have a clear path to the exit. I'm still stepping the fuck back to the exit and getting the sure. Yeah, you're. Yep, you're you're plenty quiet. So uh, why don't you make me one more dexterity stealth check as you make your way up the stairs and out the door? Thirteen. Ooh. Oh, God, oh, this is <laughs> something real quick. Oh. Because of I, I, the disadvantage imposed by the darkness, you manage to slip past. And as you duck around a corner, you see its hands come around the side with these long nails. And it's not like digging into the stone or anything. It's just clamoring on the stone wall. And it comes around and like its hands stuck to the wall. It flips itself, its legs down, so it's upright, clinging up on the ceiling, up next to the ceiling, and just sort of... (sighs) And its eyes sweep right past just after you manage to duck into the stairwell and up toward the the bulkhead. You know that if you open the door now, the light streaming in will give you away. I'm going to wait. You you just kind of, with your, your heartbeat thundering in your ears... You hold your breath until you hear this faint scraping that proceeds. You okay. hear nothing, uh, see nothing for a count of 100. Okay, uh, then I would very quietly open the door very, very narrowly uh, to let the, uh, the and no, basically the least amount of light pollution into the area. So um, you're going to push. And- the door up just as much to allow you to, to squeeze your way through. Yeah, and that's not much. I'm just like, oh. Nope, you're um, yep. So even, even as quick and small as that gap in the door is, it's 
it, it, to you, it feels like you're setting off a flare in that dark, gloomy basement as the sunlight just sort of washes across your face and mask. You, it, it's almost, it, you feel like your cloak lights up from within, like this red mm-hmm. beacon as the sunlight hits it and you slip out into the day. And you carefully let the, the door settle back down onto its, uh, onto its rest. And you slowly uh, let out a deep breath. Oh. Yeah, uh, I, I very, uh, very calmly act like you know that's a that's a normal day. Just like start walking away, uh, pretend I'm locking the door, uh, okay. and then uh, uh, walk back to everyone there. Uh, and as soon as I get to rear then I go, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, what? holy shit. I what went to a basement. Holy shit. Vampires are fucking scary. <laughs> There's one in there. Oh, was it no, was it in there? Probably more than one. There's probably a, so the windows are all boarded up and not boarded up, but covered up with like thick curtains. And uh, I went to the basement and I broke it open. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, there was one clawing around the ceiling. Luckily, it never saw me the whole time because I'm good at hiding. But you know what? Holy shit. I've seen some scary shit, but Jesus fucking Christ. This is good news. This is very good news. Very good news indeed. All right. So So now we just go in and kill them. Yeah, that's that's my plan. Uh, I would like to go kill these things. Uh, and send Ruardin in first because he's the one in the heaviest uh, of things and probably won't get turned into a vampire if he gets built. Well, honestly, I would. Are you worried? It sounds, sounds good. No, no, I mean, honestly, I'd love to. Oh, okay. Um, so um, I imagine if we make commotion and guards come, we can be like, holy shit, this place is full of vampires. Um and the people that had you know those vampires. Well, we knocked on the door, and the door was open. Uh, and then, uh, lo and behold... I don't know how I feel about involving the Rosners on this one. I, we don't have... It just kind of feels like, like a, you know, something I've got to settle myself, you know? I mean, just in case. I mean, we're going to settle it right now. Well, we're coming in after you. We're not sending you in there by yourself. There's one that I know of. There's probably more. I said we go over there right now. Uh, and take care of this. Is there, Dan, uh, are the windows boarded shut or curtained closed? So as far as you can tell, it looks like they're shuttered, uh, and you Mm. can't really see what's going on inside of that. You could maybe try and pop one of the shutters open and get a better look. So I was wondering if we need to uh, potentially draw them to maybe light. We could probably pry open a shutter cause a, a distraction on the front part of the building and then send Riodin back if you'd like. I don't I don't know if that would cause any light to go inside, but I'm sure that, you know, we could try it. Um, I mean, we could we could do like a flanking maneuver, but, we, you know, it, there'll be two of us. I don't know how many are inside. I know there's one at least. I can tell you there's going to be more than one. I've never encountered one on its own other than Riodin, but now you're obviously different, but... I mean, we could just totally set I the mean, house on fire. <laughs> that that right and also, we might get in trouble with the authorities outside here that didn't know, you know, maybe. Fire tends to spread a lot, but fire in uh, cities tends to draw attention very quickly. 
I mean, we, we could say that we were investigating the property to, to purchase and therefore open shutters. And then if we get a reaction out of anybody inside, we could see. I mean, okay. I really feel yeah. like I need to do this, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, like I mentioned before, you know, the tentacles, eyeballs, the tongue, I mean, the fire. Well, you, can't, you can't have all the glory to yourself, I'm just saying. You're great it's already now. glory I'm after so well, much, you know. sort of punishment, I guess. Yeah. If we know there's one in the basement, do we start the basement and then head, the, uh, head up from there? That was yeah. my thought. Good try. I, we all stick together, focus them, uh, and then, you know, we might get swarmed, and uh, then we take care of them there, you know? Can I leave? Can I um, have a moment to send my raven back to Rowan to let her know where we are and what's going on? So just in case sure. if, we, if nobody yeah. hears from us for a few days, then maybe Rowan will know. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, yeah sure. Okay. All right. Um, Certainly. So, well, unfortunately, I'm going to cast Mage Armor on myself, so. <laughs> okay. Buzz just so kind of leaks and... behind his glasses and bounces his gaze from one to the other and then mutters something and Ankashelian touches his, his chest and you see that blue shimmer. Yeah, sort of that orange. <laughs> the, the carnelian's sort of uh, stoniness uh -huh. of his hide seems to glow a little bit. All right, Tilly calls Force Baldwin. Tells him right. the basic knowledge of location. There is a threat. It is in the basement. And if you don't hear from me by nighttime, then that's where we are. Uh, so Baldwin sort of listens to you, canting his head from one side to the other, then nods once gravely, spreads his gleaming wings, and takes off toward the, the dancing bear. <laughs> All right. I don't feel comfortable going without her, but I mean, we have to do it if we need to do it. Yeah. So what's the plan, guys? Yeah, I think we're just fine. We could just throw the door open. The they're not going to meet us at the light, so we can at least use that to our advantage. Right. Yeah. I'm very happy about all of this. <laughs> I can tell. It's <laughs> I, I'm glad you're proud for the fight. I'm, I'm excited for you, too. <laughs> All right. I'll lead the so, way. So, uh, Riodan throwing open the door to the basement and heading in? Sure am. That's the plan. All right. What uh, what order are you guys going in? Riodan in first? So. Um, yeah. And then me stealthing have... behind him. Yeah, I'm okay, assuming Glaz is going to be throwing spells from the back. Yeah, I would say so I'd be Riodan, cloaking Glaz. Really... And then Glaz bringing up the rear. Got it. Okay. So. Tilly's going to look at Glaz and go get one, get one of those mugs of ale ready. Because we're going to need it. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, Riodan, you, uh, you stride up to the... Um, you stride up to the bulkhead and you can see where Cloak kind of... Um, not super perfectly, but... but uh, definitely effectively uh, broke the lock open and you can see that it's just sort of resting on the other door so there's really nothing holding it together you grab hold of the handle and just heave it open and stride down with the sunlight streaming down across your back you uh, you flex your arm uh, bringing out the handle of the, the lash and the blood scourges kind of spatter on the wall and then coil 
back at your feet as you head down into the darkness. So, let us see how this goes. Uh, your dark vision resolves much as I described before when Cloak uh, when Cloak was in there. You can see immediately the shelves in front of you, uh, a few crates and boxes around the corners, and you can see that um, the basement goes ahead for maybe 20 feet or so and then takes an L bend to the left. I look back to Cloak just to check. What point did you see the creature? Oh, I, like literally if we're at the L bend, I like point up. I'm like, oh. Yeah, so basically you point at the last place that you saw it? Yeah. Or, okay. So he points uh, right the at the... last place the, I saw it. The, the first place first I place. saw it. Well, the first place yeah. he saw it, he points to the ceiling kind of right above the edge of the shelf, the shelving uh, unit that's nearby. I'm going to peer through the darkness just to see if I can spot anything okay. if I look a bit closer. And Alrighty. That's a, a 10. A 10. Uh, so you have disadvantage uh, because it is dark down there. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and a six. Six. All right. Uh, so, no. Looks clear in the basement at the moment. Can I roll perception for the thing? Uh, you are not in front at the moment, so no. Uh, oh, okay. Because Ryoden spearheading the uh, the environs mm -hmm. here. If it jumps on my gotcha. back, kill it. <laughs> nice. Okay. And I'll stride okay. forward. All right, heading in. Uh, everybody else kind of heading along with him, or what? Yeah, and actually, in glass, I mean, at this point, well, I think that, I mean, I'm going to bring out the lantern so that we've got the magical light in case there's magical darkness down here or something like that, or especially if it's invisible. So glass is going to, uh, you know, come up to the rear, but then uh, it sheds light in 60 feet, I believe. 30 bright uh, yeah. and another 30 beyond and reveals anything that uh, or anything that's invisible. So I opened it up. So you're using an action to actually activate the revealing property of the, the Heart of Flame to, to reveal invisibility uh, around you. I think the invisibility is just part of the Lantern Revealing. I thought that the Heart of Flame right. was the magic uh, tech magic. Uh, since the Heart of Flame doesn't require fuel, uh, it would yeah, right. you use an action to activate it, and it lasts for an hour. Yeah, we've talked it. I, I always forget it. So yes, I activate it. Okay. okay. So uh, so yeah, you uh, you open up the shutters fully on the the iron lantern, and it flares with this intense azure light that just rolls in a wave down into the darkness, pushing the shadows back and uh, driving them into these dancing and flickering columns that stretch out from the obstructions. Uh, between the lantern and the walls. Uh, so, Riodan, you're kind of standing in the middle of this convergence of light and shadow that are now dancing on the walls and ceiling from the lantern behind you. Uh, you make your way into the basement, and uh, I will go ahead and allow that to cancel your disadvantage, and because of that, you will see movement around one of the stacks of boxes just before the figure steps out and strikes. So you are not surprised. Um, let's roll some initiative, shall we? Ooh, yes. Okay. Let's do this. 
Can't wait to find this thing. Ooh, look at Glass with a nat 20 on initiative. Ooh, nice. Yes. I was jumpy. Just 13. Oh, wow. All right. Second. All right. Anybody, uh, anybody above 20? I heard a natural 20 there, so. I, uh, I think other people are still higher than me, though. So, uh, 25 to 20. Me, 21. Glad I'm 21 as well. I'm right. 20. But. 20. Jeez, you guys are yeah. fast. All right, so we'll go um, cloak since we And then Glaz. That sound good? Mm-hmm. And then Tilly has a 20. Jesus. Where are you at, Riodan? I'm the first. 13. Humble. 13. 13. All right, so cloak, Glaz, and Tilly. You guys don't see the threat before they strike, so you guys are surprised. Um, the... Riodan, uh, you are not surprised because you saw the figure kind of lurching towards you from the darkness. And so that at least brings your guard up as a figure comes darting with blinding speed along the ceiling from around the bend in the basement. <laughs> you can hear its claws scraping stone, and uh, you can see the gleam in its eyes as it strikes at you from the ceiling. Come get some. Oh, it's a net one. So you, uh, you, you're using a shield? Are you using uh, a yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you throw your shield up, and you catch the, uh, the vampire's first strike directly in the middle of your shield with a resounding, almost a gong note, and then you punch with the rim of it and uh, catch it on the jaw. You know that that wouldn't do any damage to it, but that staggers it enough that its second strike goes wild and uh, scrapes off your armor ineffectually. Uh, Riodan, that's your turn. So there is a figure off to your right, and the vampire on the ceiling. Uh, I can... Can I reach the vampire with my scourge? Yes, yes. Okay, uh, then I will do that, and I'll do my... I'll direct my lash to get the free uh, tentacle okay. attacks. Go for it. Um... For a 23, a 29, and a nat 20 or 31. Holy moly. Two hits at a critical on this poor bag. That'll do it. Uh, So nine is a crit, and five is the other one uh, for a total of 19 points of damage from a tentacle attack. And it gets, has to do the save, I believe. Con save. Nineteen, owie, owie, owie. All right, so he needs to make a save. What's the DC? And uh, what manner of saving throw? Uh, yeah, right. so uh, so so he manages to uh, to throw off the the barbed lashes before they begin to drain his vitality, uh, mm. his stolen vitality that he's been probably pilfering from uh, countless <laughs> citizens of Zobek recent nights. All right, uh, so that was Riodan. The uh, the thug sort of uh, comes into the light. You see um, you see an individual dressed in sort of dark clothing, uh, and it has the the kind of pale, sallow look that you've come to expect of the uh, the living peasantry and stock of the Blood Kingdoms. And he has a uh, just kind of a simple but wicked looking cudgel that he strikes out at you with. 
so he is going to have advantage on this due to his pack tactics. Uh, 18. I don't think that's going to hit you because you're plate armor and shield. That is correct. It's a 20. Right. And no, no good. All right. So he, uh, he just begins pummeling ineffectually on your armor and you see another figure moving somewhere, just like there's faint movement back in the back of the, uh, the backside of the, the basement outside. Glads, you are surprised by a fellow who fires a crossbow at you from the upper story windows. Damn it! <laughs> uh, that is only going to be a 12. 15 with my... Uh, with, uh, with mage armor. With mage armor. Second shot. second shot is another... Uh, uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, 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 that's no good. No good. All right, uh, so two crossbow bolts come whizzing down from the upper story, and they clatter off of the force that sort of uh, the invisible force shield that flares into being and sends the bolts off into the uh, off into the grass. Uh, top of the order is cloak. Uh, so, how many uh, figures are in front of me, or that are attacking Riordan? You can you can see two figures attacking Riordan. There's a vampire on the ceiling, uh, uh, sort of a. a rough and tumble ruffian fellow uh, on the on the ground and you can hear sounds of crossbow fire from behind you uh okay um so the one in front of us that's uh, that reared in attacked i'm gonna go after uh, okay for the time being um let me get my did you make your stealth check i can't remember uh, I did not make my stealth check yet. You you were hidden, so go ahead and make me a dexterity stealth check to see if you can get the drop on this guy. Okay. Does a 16 work? 16 will do it. Uh, he is distracted with Riodan at the moment, and you manage to kind of come around the, uh, the corner of the stairwell and strike up at him before he spots you. Uh, does that give me advantage on the attack, or...? You have advantage on the attack, oh, yes. Okay. Uh, so this is uh, this will have my uh, planar warrior uh, added yep. onto it. Uh, so let's give well, that roll. Fourteen. Uh, fourteen. Fourteen is not good enough, unfortunately. Uh, so you lash out at him, and he does an impossibly agile maneuver where he sort of twists in defiance of gravity and spins out of the way and drops back down onto all fours up on the ceiling and hisses at you. Well, as, as he's as he's like doing that, I'm jumping up um, and lashing out at him again with my uh, this one. This one with no advantage. Uh, oh shit, that's a 15? Uh, 15 hits. Alright, so this is going to be a D8 plus 4, plus another D8, so it's 5. That's force damage uh, right here, 8 force damage with that. So, 13 total? Yeah. Ouch. All right, it uh, it shrieks in pain as the uh, the crackling blue blade strikes out at it and bites deep into its flesh and you hear a bone snap under the strike of your blade. Glad your turn. Uh, so quick question. So I see sort of above me, I mean, is it one window, two windows? How high up is it? 
two windows that opened on the second story, so they're between 10 and 15 feet up. 10 and 15 feet up, um, and about how far apart are they? Uh, they're probably 10 feet apart. Okay. Can I see into them? You can, yeah. You can see uh, silhouetted figures uh, cocking and loading their heavy crossbows. Uh, Glass you know, yells down there, We have company upstairs! I look up through the window, and if I can look through the window, can I sort of see the ceiling above them? Yeah, yeah you can get a glimpse. On a point above the, in the ceiling of the room above them, I cast Lay Disruption. Ooh, <laughs> right. So, uh, what saving throw, throw uh, do they need is, to make? They, it, it is a 14, and they are at disadvantage because I am bound to with my ley line back at the Everforge. Right, and what manner of saving throw is it for them? Is it dexterity? It is a dexterity saving throw. Alrighty. Ooh, that still unfortunately is no good. So one fails, and the other fails with their whopping plus zero deck. So you hear cries of, uh, of sudden alarm from, uh, from the second floor as Glaz reaches down and kind of holds his hands out, palm down toward the ground, and you see these strange angular lines of red light lance up into his hands, and he throws them up, and you watch those lines crawl up the walls, and then you can see the walls around the windows beginning to undulate and wave as if they're in uh, a sudden very localized earthquake. So uh, those two guys fall on their asses. Yep, and every time they start their turn, they have to check again. Yep. Uh, Glass Tilly. Um, I have two questions for you, Dan, if you don't mind. Am I yes. in the light or in the dark? Like, you are coming in the door or around the corner. So you're you're two people. Back, you're in the third position back. So you're basically still in the sunlight. Okay, and well, I'm lantern. trying to imagine. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, light, yeah. I mean, more like the daylight, but yeah, can, yeah the, is the daylight the, is streaming around you right now. Now let me try to see. Does the stairs go down and then the wall turns, and that's the L shape we're talking about? So the sun so is hitting a wall, and then the stairs go down, and the sun is shining because of the way it's angled, basically just onto the floor in front of the stairs. So it's not really like flooding out into the room. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's it's not it, it, you, the stairway looks out into the basement, um, yeah. but the sun is at a very steep angle. Okay, so dumb question. Pardon me for being fairly new to the, playing the fighter with a shield. Can I use my shield to reflect light over there? Um, given that uh, maybe if you were in a little I bit feel more. Like Tilly had had some of these fights before and she would know that the daylight is going to be the most proficient and quickest way for her to catch up to them. But if it's more uh, of a battered blade armor, I don't know if it would actually do enough reflection. So, like your shield would reflect some light and you think maybe it would be able to distract or dazzle the vampire. You don't think it's going to do any appreciable damage to it. Maybe if it was like sun directly overhead streaming right down on you, you could, you could manage something like that, but it's just not really in your favor that way. Um, okay. I think, uh, okay, so back in character, Tilly is going to step back and try this, because Tilly is still two people behind the first vampire, and it's going to take me a bit in these hallways to get around, and flailing a hammer is not going to be the best decision with them in close quarters. So, 
Yeah. If I can at least and distract one of the vampires from stabbing away at Riordan, that would be great. Maybe okay. the one at the ceiling, uh, so I can bounce right back up at him. All right, so why don't you go ahead and let's see, what would this be? Um, I'm going to make him make a saving throw. So you, you angle your, your gleaming silver-plated shield to catch the light and stream it up toward the ceiling where the vampire is uh, squaring off against Ryoden and now Cloak. Uh, so it uh, hisses and throws its, its arm up in front of its eyes, and it looks like it's having some difficulty with the intensity of the light. Um, Great. It looks like you're not sure if it managed to shield its eyes in time or not, uh, but it looks like it is very unhappy about having sunlight bounced up in its face. Tilly just yells at it, eat this, you scottish awful, and then gets over there and shines the light. Nice. All right. Uh, so that would be vampires. So this vampire is going to be suffering some disadvantage on its attack rolls this turn because of that maneuver. Uh, it is going to... Going to try and strike at Cloak. Uh, ooh, that even with disadvantage is going to be a twenty. Is that hit? You're muted. Yeah, you're muted. Look, I, that hits me, Dan, because you always hit okay. me. I, except for last time when I didn't hit anything. <laughs> That's true, but I was making uh, Constitution saving throws. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. All right, I lost my stuff here. All right. Okay, so why did all my Windows minimized, sorry. There we go. Alright. So, it's going to... It lashes out with a claw and wraps its mm -hmm. hand around your cloak and pulls you up toward its gnashing maw. <sighs> Ooh, uh, I forgot to toggle his disadvantage, but unfortunately, uh, you managed to kind of... Uh, get your hand up and sort of mash its face away, and it doesn't manage to sink its fangs into you. However, you do take some slashing damage from the claw. You're going to take um, uh, nine points of slashing damage. Okay. Alright. Uh, Riodan, there is movement from... Ooh. Tilly, make me a wisdom perception check, and I'll take away the disadvantage because you're shining sunlight up on the ceiling. Well, it's not going to be good anyways, but I'll do it. <laughs> Let's see. Wisdom. Okay, so... I need a minus one, and I don't know how to do this. I can minus two with the click, but... So I'm just going to do die. Is it dice? Uh, four slash uh, die. Die. I got it, I got it. 20 minus one. That works. Well, it's a ten. Uh, okay, so uh, a 10 is good enough. That's all you needed. You Ooh. recognize the figure clinging to the ceiling, the, the, the short blonde hair, the, uh, the particular angular cut of its cheekbones. That's Ladislav, the vampire who warned you, who Rowan ripped his fangs out of his skull and who you ordered your men to burn on a pyre. Oh, poopy. 
Sorry, I didn't know if it was a family-friendly answer, not talking. <laughs> <laughs> We've been calling it the fuck house. <laughs> oh, God damn. That was a hell of a time to fuck. And now it was a family-friendly. Oh, man. I'm going to say, man, I... We've just been hanging out talking about the Temple of Painful Pleasures and the book fetish. So if this is fairly friendly, I just need to reassess a little bit here. I talked about devils ripping a man apart. <laughs> you know, I've got a short-term memory. But uh, so definitely is going to be heightenedly angry at this because he's supposed to be dead and gone. He is supposed to be dead. Riordan, you're up. Uh, okay, um... I there's still a vampire in my face and I'm not vampire feeling great about that. Uh, and I would like to uh, correct <laughs> that mistake. So uh, I'm gonna send the lash in. Send damn good last time. Uh, 24, not 20 again, and uh, 24. Ah, all right, so that'll be two hits and a critical once again, sir. Uh, and I will say also see because of the sunlight that Tilly is reflecting up at the vampire even though it's not really intense enough to burn it you can see its skin is blistering even in that faint contact and uh, that is preventing it from sealing many of the wounds that you've already dealt to it good to know oh that's 12 damage and a DC 15 constitution saving throw from buddy save DC of 15 is going to pass, unfortunately. Dang. Sorry. Uh, right. He kind of uh, his arms up and catches the lashes around his forearms. They don't manage to get a hold of anything vital. Riodan, thug's time. So there's a thug next to you who's going to strike at you with his mace. He's got a whopping 16. That ain't going to do it. Cackle of his Laz, you can hear uh, muffled curses echoing from the, uh, the the disruption and protesting creaking of wood and cracking of plaster. Um, so what is it they have to... Um, At the beginning of their turn, they have to do another deck save or remain prone. Or, uh, well, here's how, here's how it says. Yeah, they, they have to make a save. And, yeah. They have to do um, a dexterity saving throw if... Uh, uh, for any creature in the area when it appears that starts its turn in the area or that enters the area for the first time on its on a turn must succeed on a dexterity saving throw or fall pro. Okay. So, so not if it starts... Uh, yeah. So, starts I mean, they're already prone. The, the issue is they're at half movement. So what they're going to do is something arguably pretty stupid. You see these two guys basically grab hold of the windowsills after kind of shouting back and forth to one another. Uh, they've dropped their crossbows, and they basically just heave themselves out the windows, and they kind of, like, hang and drop as best they can. They're going to take a little bit of okay. falling damage. Of oh! Does it matter? You hear a... Yeah. What's that? Uh, never mind, you already said it's half movement because it's difficult terrain. Yeah, they're, I was they're, just going to... This is essentially their entire turn. Unfortunately, it's going to take their actions to uh, to, to manage this. Um, uh, and then, you know, getting their asses up. <laughs> so they basically have to heave themselves out the window and then dash to stand up. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, oh. 
So they will uh, they will manage that, and they will. You hear something pop as they they hit the ground and then stagger up to their feet. One of them looks like he's limping a little bit. Landed a little hard on his ankle. Uh, all right, so that is cloak top of the order. Uh, uh, the one that has me. Uh-huh. Wait, I think you skipped me, Dan. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, uh, thugs are the thugs are the the last in the order. This round, you lay disrupted them. Oh, I'm sorry. It's just been that long since we've come all the way around. Never yeah. mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. Uh, Glad usually isn't at the top. <laughs> right. Um. So yeah, uh, Cloak at this time, uh, he's he's being trying to be uh, not at by this guy. Is Tilly shining the light in his face? Uh, in uh, yeah, the one who's got you, he's he's yeah. having light shine up from Tilly. Okay. Uh, as he puts his hand up, and I was like, "Look, opening," and then like jab under his fucking uh, jaw uh, with my uh, planar warrior. Um, do I have any advantage of how he is right now, or your attacks? No. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to double check, make sure. Uh, all right. So this attack uh, does a twenty-two hit his jaw. Uh, so this will. Uh, this will be uh, again. God damn it! Oh. Uh, that is six force damage. Oh, five oh, slashing, right. one force damage. Uh, then my other attack. Uh, I'm entire huh? entire attack is force damage. Okay. Uh, so I do that, uh, and then uh, if he's still up, I'm literally up. jabbing the same thing again. Okay. Uh, oh, actually, only one hand is holding me right now, isn't it? Uh, yeah, basically. Now I'm gonna jab his uh, his uh, jaw again, uh, kind of fucking up his teeth too at the same time. At least trying to. Uh, does a fourteen hit his AC? No, uh, unfortunately, he's he's incredibly strong, even for his thin, wiry frame, and he just sort of handles you around, and you can't get a good strike at him with that second. Okay. Uh, All right. So I believe uh, that, that's your turn. Yeah. Tilly. Uh, so is the is uh, let's say Lattice Love, right? He's yeah. he's behind the guy that's already on the ceiling with. Cloak. No, Ladislav is the guy on the ceiling with Cloak. With Cloak. Okay, well then, Tilly, I'm sorry, ignores all of her tact at that point and just rushes in to try to hammer him, but okay. just right off the ceiling and potentially on the ground. So. All right, sorry, so um, to, get a, to get a decent <laughs> threat at him, you'll probably have to like push past the flailing Cloak and get out into the basement to get room to swing your hammer up at him, which you can do. You have enough movement to... To, to move, kind of muscle past your allies, and you'll be yeah, kind of right up against that uh, that ruffian, but you're just kind of ignoring him at the moment. Going oh, after yeah. the, the vampire. All right, oh, yeah. get him. All right, she goes for a swing, and it's gonna be. Boop, 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 boop. Oh, that is a critical hit! Holy moly, people! <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> so give me double damage dice, please. Sorry. Plus your modifier. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't forget. I should remember this, but <laughs> two d eight plus five. Oh, oh my wow. god! You hear uh, you hear a wet pop 
in the side of his face and his uh, the side of his skull is crushed in and his eye is canted off to a weird angle as his uh, cheekbone is pressed into his face and kind of caved in the side of it. Until he's jousted him out, she's coming for the rest of his teeth at this moment. <laughs> so you can take your second swing as, uh, as, as he is still up. Sweet. Wait, no. Uh, it's supposed to be with a plus Diego. It's cool. 16. Probably won't. 16 hits? Yeah, sweet. Okay. <laughs> regular, regular damage this time. Yeah. Oof. And a nine. All right, you uh, you catch him on the backswing, you catch him underneath the arm, and you hear ribs shatter. Uh, and you can use your bonus action to bash him with your shield if you like. Is he still on the ceiling? He is still on the ceiling, yes. Okay, I is he cl- clasping on the ceiling with like another hand or like back legs? Because that's what I'm trying to aim for with my shield at this point. It's like he's kneeling on the ceiling and and striking with his hands and his knees and like toes. Like imagine if you're on your on your like kneeling on your knees on the ground. That's what he's doing on the ceiling, and he's just staying there. Okay, she's gonna she's gonna aim straight for the side of a knee to potentially okay. pop them together, but I don't think it's gonna. I roll a twelve. It didn't show up in the chat, but it's there. Okay, uh, a twelve uh, unfortunately doesn't. It's not gonna hit. Yeah. You, yeah, you glance a little wide and draw a shower of sparks from the... Uh, I guess it's not stone. It's a, it's wood ceiling. You carve a, a big rent into the stone beam, uh, the, the wooden beam. Uh, all right. Thing. So that was your action, bonus action movement. It's vampire time. So you are no longer shining sun in his face. He's going to try and bite cloak. Ah, and then rolls a two. Uh, and we'll attack with his with claws. Oh my god, it rolls a three. Uh, so Cloak, you've kind of like got the pommel of your blade up in his face, his half-crushed-in face, and just mm-hmm. trying to, to shove his uh, his gaze away from you so he can't get a good swing at you, and it seems to be working for the moment. Uh, Riodan, your turn. You know what I'm going to do already, Dan? I do. I'll do it. The triple shot from Riodan. All right. Uh, the blood left. Oh, first miss. Oh, yeah, that's no good. No good. No good. Uh, but following up with a twenty-five and a thirty should make up for that a little bit. That will definitely um, do it. Nine damage. Two lashes. All right. They uh, they cut deep rents into his dead flesh, and you can see this thick, syrupy blood starting to ooze out of the wounds, but it doesn't really flow like it should. It's like it's resisting gravity and trying not to bleed out of his veins. Thugs. So the two thugs outside drag themselves up off the floor, and they are going to painfully draw out their maces and attempt to smash Blaz's brains in with them. Uh, that's a f- 17, so I believe that'll hit you. Um, Glass is going to cast shield. Uh, all right, there's a shimmer of blue force, a ripple in the air, and the thug uh, recoils. So that takes your armor class up to 20... 20? 20 even, yep. Okay, so I got he's got another attack coming in at you. That one likewise deflected by your magic. The other guy attempts to... Uh, come in swinging, and that will hit an AC of 20. So that will be one hit. Okay. Uh, and second attack will miss. So out of all those attacks with advantage, only one little clock. 
Uh, but it's a good one. It gets you for eight bludgeoning damage. Whack. Okay. It, uh, it, uh, you can feel the bruise starting underneath your, uh, your carnelian skin lumps. Uh, cloak. Your turn. Okay, this time we did miss me. Did we? I'm so sorry. I, 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 I haven't gone since... Yeah. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Totally did. I'm sorry. Go ahead. He goes no right after me. He does. He does. Yep. No worries. But anyway, uh, so quick question. Yep. Shield is a reaction. Does that mean I can't cast another spell? Negative. You can cast spells just fine. Your reaction okay, cool. refreshes. I just, I, 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 oh, it's on your actual turn. So anyway, so glass. The only bonus thing action. Bonus actions. That's it. Okay. So. Glass as a bonus action is going to cast Shadow Blade, and you'll see this uh, sort of large. It kind of looks like a big obsidian shard because he's a trollkin, so it's not like a real elegant thing. Um, as a cantrip, is going to cast Green Flame Blade, so it lights up with sort of this orange, uh, orange flare, and then he is going to hit the closest thug to him. Get him. Which is it should be uh, with it could be a strength attack, so that's cool. So with plus five, twenty-three, oh, awesome. So that is going to do. Uh, make sure I get all this right. It does two d eight, two d eight psychic damage. So. Uh, so that does nine psychic damage with green flame blade because I'm fifth level. Does another six fire damage and is and one of his is the, right? yep. Yeah, and that's the thing is his oh, other is his other buddy within uh, within five feet of him. Oh yes. And so that's another two d eight fire damage to his buddy. Holy so crap. five fire damage to his buddy. As All right. So, uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say he was like, "Wait, you were supposed to stay up there," and then just is like, and, like oh, this shadowy sort of kind of club. I think it's probably not a blade as much as it's sort of clubby. For, uh, it's just for kind Glass. of like a smear of tangible darkness that you grab a hold yeah, of. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. And he goes. Uh, uh, little help. Uh, we have got company, and get just whack, and sort of. I think in his yeah. uh, panic, it just unleashes all these different sort of magics out. Yep. You uh, you lash out at him, and as the uh, the thing sort of just passes through his body, and he screams and clutches as his clutches at his head, and blood fountains out of his nose, and then he's engulfed in that orange flame that uh, swirls around him, and then jumps to his partner. So he, the one you struck, is. Um, is now like half of his face is burnt raw and he's uh, just streaming blood out of his mouth and nose and he's kind of breathing raggedly and you can see his limbs starting to shake. Uh, right, so we'll get down to, we were at Rio then, or was it the third? No, we were at Cloak, 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 your turn. Cloak. Uh, are we, are we out of time though? Yeah, do we need to just pause? About, yeah. Top of the round. Uh, I think we can. Uh, like, honestly, we can. Like, we're kind of we're on the cusp here, so you can go ahead and take your round, and then I think we'll be good if we can finish this round up. Okay. Uh, so basically, I'm just gonna double attack this guy, uh, and use my uh, planar warrior. Uh, Seventeen hit. 
17 hits. So this will be the force damage with the other damage. So that will be a total of 14 force damage. All right, 14 force damage. You, uh, you, since you were using your blade to kind of control his face and drive his strikes away and uh, mm-hmm. sort of herd him in Tilly, uh, you reverse your momentum suddenly, slice your blade through his hand holding you and cut it off at the elbow. He shrieks in agony holding the stump and you reverse your sword and just drive it up through his heart, pinning him to the ceiling. And he sort of flattens back against it uh, almost like he falls up against the ceiling and he thrashes and begins shrieking and his skin starts to slough off and crumble and rain down on you like thick gray snow as it burns to ash. Awesome. Uh, and then as I land, I'm like, till they took my spot. And then I run up the stairs because I heard Glaz uh, yelling. Okay. Um, and you can and- take, your, take your second shot. Okay, uh, and then uh, to the one that is not on fire, uh, or which one's closer to me when I get out there? Uh, closest to you is the horribly wounded one. Uh, I literally come, like, jump over Glaz uh, and, like, come down and, like, attack him. Uh, so here's this attack. Uh, 11. That hits. Oh, wow. Okay. Under armor uh, he takes eight damage. That is just enough. You you jump up using the angled frame of the bulkhead for a, for a boost and uh, drive your sword down just past his collarbone into his rib cage and just sort of ride his body down to the ground. Uh, and then, so uh, glad... sorry, good. Uh, I was just say as like as that guy falls down, like the the fire from uh, would start reflecting on the mask and like kind of bringing out the the colors and all that kind of stuff. And he look at him and is like, I think you're kind of fucked, dude, uh, <laughs> and just stare at him. All right, go ahead and roll uh, your so damage class. You're lashing yeah, out twenty hits, one. and then here's okay. fire damage to him. Fire and psychic nineteen, fourteen psychic, five fire. <laughs> And so with your backswing, after swatting at the first guy, you catch this guy right through the temple, and he just kind of stiffens, and you can see the blood vessels in his eyes all burst. And he just kind of goes into a seizure and falls backwards, dead. I told him. You should have stayed upstairs. <laughs> so uh, now that we're, we've, we've slain the vampire spawn, uh, two of the thugs will just go ahead and uh, and sweep the board for the last guy who's in there facing off against Riodan, who, now that he's got a Riodan and a Tilly in his face, is not long for this world. And so you make quick work of the, the remaining ruffian. Uh, as you do, you recall, uh, kind of it just your blood is up, you're in the adrenaline rush of battle, you remember seeing, hearing, perceiving movement. Uh, off in the darkness and the gloom of the basement or kind of around the corner. As you, you come moving around there, uh, Riodan, twirling the, uh, the sanguine lashes and getting ready to strike out at your enemies, you see a figure kind of huddled in the corner and you can smell old blood, like scabs, clotted, dried blood, and you can smell that just faint, pungent tang of fear. And then you notice the clink of chains and there are manacles around the figure's wrists. And, uh, and it's kind of cowering and holding up its, its manacled and uh, kind of broken, bruised hands in front of its face. And, and it just sort of pathetically cries out, Don't! Please don't kill me! I'm not, I'm not with them! Please! And something about the voice stops you in your tracks. 
and slowly with the rattling of chains it lowers its hands and you see the black and white just uh, complete contrast dark vision image of a face from your past Janiel looks up at you one of his eyes swollen shut his lips split and dried with old blood and his, his one eye goes wide and he says Riotan is it you? And that's where we'll stop for this week. <laughs> God damn it, Dan. <laughs> oh, hmm. And there we have Good. On any level, Zach. <laughs> God damn it. Ah, oh, so good. Uh, but I hate it. Ah, oh, it's the worst. But it's so good. It's supposed well, to be happy yeah, happy reunion, maybe. I don't know what's going to happen next week. <laughs> Probably not good things. Oh, uh, um, on that, I will unfortunately be traveling next week. So That's right, yes. Unfortunately. No episode next week, week, week after next. Week after there you go. Back, back with a vengeance. That makes sense. Well, uh, let's go around a customer crew. Um, did we enjoy ourselves? Where can we find you guys online? Oh, and of course, you guys are in the chat. If you're new to the live stream, hit the follow button and join us. If you've been watching YouTube, you can subscribe, you can like, you can do all those sorts of things. Uh, it's a good time. Um, and a couple of people from YouTube joining us for the live show today. So it's really nice to see some folks. Awesome. Uh, been watching back in the world, joining us here for the the live experience. Um, tomorrow, of course, we're back for Call of Cthulhu: Masks of Nala Photop at the uh, Change time of 2 o'clock Eastern there. You start at 1, now it starts at 2. Crazy world we live in. Um, but let's go around a custom crew. Dan, um, how was that uh, for you tonight? That was great. I, I enjoyed that thoroughly. Um, I, I always love vampire violence, so that's super fun for me. And, and I love screwing up stealth rolls, so I get to do creepy shit like a vampire scuttling around on the ceiling like a demonic spider. So uh, I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Uh, no, we had a lot. We had a lot going on. We had... Uh, we had you know, heavy talk. We had lighthearted uh, sort of emotional touchstones with a few people. We had we had some pulse pounding combat. I like it. I had a great time. I hope you guys enjoyed it too. Absolutely, uh, fantastic. And Sylvia Jackson, how was that tonight for you? Tonight was really fun. I um, frankly, I do miss Scarlet Moth though. I'm excited to have yeah. her back on the next round, hopefully, because her character is just hundred so good everybody's character is so good but I, can't, I just miss you when you're gone you know uh but today was fun and i'm excited to um have the interaction about explaining who lattice love was and then telling rowan about how we encountered him again fangless and all mm-hmm. so also mm-hmm. there goes my cat so. oh no 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 no! he was not fangless he had fangs yeah he oh, was trying to back. bite that's the right. fuck out of me oh that's yep, right yep, yep. Ooh. Ooh, yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, oh cool i had yes, a good time do. Cool. Thanks for having me again. Yes. Thanks for coming. <laughs> uh, and McLogan, how was that time for you? Uh, I had a fun time. Uh, I, you know, Cloak is slowly learning about BDSM, uh, which that's a that's a whole interesting thing. Um, and I really had to think about how Cloak react to that in uh, per se. And I, I think the best way to think about it is he'd probably seen that it's just devils murdering at blood sacrifice. And he's like, well, nope. a little um, different, but definitely close enough to, to get into that uncomfortable zone for him, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I had a great time. Uh, I'm, I'm keeping it short. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, I, 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 that fucking vampire part was fucking freaky as shit because I was like, oh my god, like the, it was just like a horror movie. But I was like, oh, the, the smart guy in a horror movie. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's me. Awesome. <laughs> Amazing stuff. And uh, at pool school, how's that tonight for you? I had a blast, and uh, yeah, crazy. Uh, Glass is suddenly becoming a melee fighter. Be afraid. Um, but uh, yeah, and I had a good time. Great little scene that uh, we had with Valia. That was fun. And uh, you can find me all over the internet um, as Tall Squall. Go to my Twitter, Tall Squall. The pin tweet has everything I'm on. Thanks for having me. It was a blast. Yeah, you bet. Fantastic. Uh, well, thank you guys for joining us. If you want to follow me, well, congratulations, you've already found me, but uh, you can follow me on Twitter if you want, at EncounterRP, uh, to keep up with all the stuff that the network is up to, all the shows, and uh, an awesome and content that we're putting out on the Twitch and the YouTubes. Uh, but speaking of awesome content, let's go raid our lovely friend, Laugh Love Lindy, who was just earlier today uh, DMing a Call of Cthulhu new show, which is here every 5 o'clock Eastern. That's the show just before this one, Beyond the Mountains of Madness. Uh, so we're going to go and give her a raid and go enjoy the uh, the laughter and the shenanigans. They are playing some D&D, I believe. So uh, you guys are bound to be in for a good time. You go spam Encounter raid over there and have a good time. But until next time, my friends, try not to roll too many now ones because we want to be laughing when you do. Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye.